This episode is brought to you by Keeps, the inexpensive and easy way to keep your hair. Find out how to get your first month free at keeps.com slash laser. And welcome to episode 315 of Vigigame Apocalypse. I, as usual, am your host, Michael Raparez. Who else is joining me here in the <laughs> uh, studio of the airwaves? Debilitated Christopher Antista. And Laser Time Patient Zero, Matthew Allen. And for the first time ever, special guest, Cicero Holmes, a.k.a. Stubby Stan, a.k.a. The Baron of Bourbon. Nice. The, the, the host on uh, Spawn on Me and Discovery Debrief. That is correct. Also, yes, that is that is who I am. The Star Trek, uh, the Star Trek Discovery uh, podcast. Podcast, yes, yeah. exactly. Officially oh, wow. endorsed by the one and only Christopher Lorca or uh, uh, Gabriel Lorca, Mister oh. Jason Isaacs. Oh, oh you have to help oh, wow. us out here. Yes, Lucius Malfoy himself has endorsed mm, you. <laughs> Absolutely, you're the only Absolutely. podcast endorsed by a Malfoy. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> wow, is correct. I want to know more about these wonderful podcasts. Where can I go <laughs> to find out more? Oh well, uh, so for the Discovery Debrief podcast, you can go to on Twitter at DSC Debrief uh, and check us out. We uh, we talk about our subject show, which has completed the second season but we go all year round we talk about star trek our next episode will be about uh the one and only avengers endgame and uh we'll we'll have plenty of stuff going on through throughout the course of the year uh the other show that i have been on for the last five years is the one and only spawn on me podcast the definitive place to uh get people of color talking about video games and spotlighting people of color in the industry and all people in the industry because everyone's diverse everyone is great everyone is special uh you can find that at spawn on me all your favorite podcast catchers and on tuesdays on uh portland radio oh wow yeah doesn't that make uh, you so jealous of, of, of we've done, i've done like ten thousand podcasts but no radio I, yes. i'm always like oh wow when real I'm, radio yes. Yes, Real Radio on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Uh, Pacific in the Portland, Oregon area, 107.1, uh, uh, or it's X-Ray, X-Ray.fm. The X-Ray, uh, 107.1. Yes, <laughs> yes. so, uh, yeah, so it is, it is awesome to be on the radio, but it is also terrible to be on the radio because now we are under the direct purview of the one and only... FCC. Oh no! <laughs> and and nope, what's his nope. name? Don't you blaspheme? Don't the, you blaspheme in there? Ajit Pai with his giant fucking novelty Reese's yeah. mug. Can't say. Yes. Can't say it's a giant fucking mug. It's no, just well, giant that's, mug. that's what I'm going to say. Right. Is is actually you this can... is a welcome respite for Cicero. <laughs> Get it, it out of your system, Cicero. Drop an f bomb. Yes. Go ahead. Yes. Uh, what the fuck, man? Yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. Yeah. I we can, welcome. Feel, we embrace feel, those kind yes. of words here. Feel free to take the Lord's name in vain, which is still illegal according to the FCC. <laughs> yes. Yes. I can. I can fucking do it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm uh, sure. uh, yeah. Like I, to get my quick plug in there. Cicero's sure. on bonus time, and I have a yeah. super inter- interesting bonus time. I think. From a story I haven't even told you guys yet, but it's, it is also an apology for why I'm late. So okay. next week, 
<laughs> Here the story about having a bat a back so bad that I can't move it somehow led me to just doing an hour long sermon in a black church. It is I, I am what? I am sh- I am absolutely baffled by the evening I have had before I jumped on mic with you guys. Uh, this is I'm not no, I'm not going to tell you any more than that. But that's, Wait a that's where I feel seriously cheated. that's that's what you're going to leave us <laughs> with. Yeah, Come yeah. On. I, I, like I have plenty of questions now, that's, so now I've got to I've got to listen to bonus. You're going to have to listen. go to Patreon.com/slash/LazerTime <laughs> yeah. subscribe at the five. I'll tell, I'll, tell, I'll tell you when I get off mic. We don't, <laughs> all right, we, all right. Uh, no, uh, you know what? I will I will contribute to look at uh, that Laser Time anyway. So yeah, all right. You're too. Someone's got it. Someone's yeah. got it. <laughs> In these difficult times. Uh, but yeah, I have I, a couple of podcasts. I got caught up with all this editing, and then I, I haven't been able to sit up for like two days. It still hurts really oh, bad. Uh, but I'm not oscillating anymore, am I, Matt, where I was moving around the <laughs> yeah, other day? Yeah, so we recorded. I don't know if that's going up this week or next, but we recorded a bonus it's time where week. Chris sounded... He put himself on a fake oscillator. He was going in and out of the mic. I, I can't. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of how it sounds spot. with the uh, the VOIP, anyway. Yeah, that's so. true. I, it's it's the it's the sporadic spasms that make it really hard to sit still, and it's and I don't have health insurance, so that's oh, how shit. things got interesting. Mm. Um. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> <laughs> this is more my fault. Mm. <laughs> I'm glad you're willing to take some of that burden it's off. More of my yeah, yeah, take some of the heat. <laughs> it's more my fault. I, it's like it's like oh, that'd be the biggest bill I have, and I'm not ready to pay that yet. Mm. I I, I kind of want to subscribe to DC Universe instead of getting milk. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you have your priorities straight, <laughs> yeah. That Doom Patrol is really fun. Man. Uh, okay. Oh yeah, I you know I just I like uh, I was watching something on YouTube, and you know it. Man, I like. I've paid extra money to not watch commercials mm-hmm. uh, in oh. all of my streaming services, except for fucking YouTube, where they just keep like they're like, "Oh, you don't like commercials, eh? Well, here's some more." And uh, so, like, I was watching a Division Two video, and there was like a five minute Doom Patrol commercial, but for the life of me, I had no idea what was going on. I was like, "Oh, wait a minute! There's like Trap Jaw." Made to life from He Man mm-hmm. slash it's... Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. What's and he's going also on? Brendan Fraser. Right? Is that Brendan Fraser? Like, yeah. What is George of the Jungle doing here? What <laughs> show is this? It's on DC Universe. I have no fucking idea what this is. So you I got... watched for five minutes until they said, "Oh, it's Doom Patrol." Here you go. George of the Jungle or got... the Mummy's Brendan Fraser. The Mummy, which the was mum. just brought up on thirty twenty ten, is being That's twenty right. years old now. Yeah. Jesus. And Alan Two Dicks is the villain. That guy's got two fucking dicks. <laughs> Uh, Alan Tudyk's everywhere, man. Mm. <laughs> Alan, uh, I'll wait. I'll wait Alan. for Doom Patrol to hit VHS. <laughs> oh, there you go. It's it. It is one of the most batshit insane things I've ever seen. It's it's like one of the only shows that like merits your streaming pre f- f- like streamium curiosity. It's really fun right. and weird. Streamium. Streamium, yeah. Streamium, there, there you go. Oh, boy. Is. Maybe I can... I can, I can call YouTube. YouTube is the is the worst. It has the most content, but it's all the worst. Mm. Oh. <laughs> so the eleven ninety nine is 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 tough to swallow. God, I feel but, like uh, I should watch streamium programs while playing Schluters. <laughs> you heard it here first. I, I can't believe you didn't just go straight for, I want to play a streamium Schluter. <laughs> see, see this this just in for my tease nah baby you weren't just babbling I can't wait to hear more forwarding your info to Pastor Ed again this is real 
Okay. This is real. <laughs> Doesn't sound real. What else is I know, real? You know what's real? Because, Michael, because top the, the, fives are real. Uh, what yeah, is oh, the I'm top not. Five? I'm not. I'm not stupid. Fives. The middle's really boring. <laughs> it's, the, it's the it's the outcome. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but the uh, the top five this week uh, was an idea that you had, and it's really apropos of nothing other than like, hey, we're getting close to the start of summer. It's yeah, things are heating up. I had to turn on my sprinklers for my lawn because mm-hmm. you know the sun is out and. When the sun's out, what do you want to do, Michael? You want to go cool down, and where do you go? A, a, a deep puddle. Right. Out in the middle of the street. Right. You yeah. go find the nearest source of H2O. Ah, yes. And of course, what's one I... thing everyone loves about video games? Their favorite part of every video game. They're not Swimming real. levels. The water levels. <laughs> and so we said, yes. you know what? People love water levels so much. Why not do a show, Fuck Water Levels? We are all about water-based games up yes. in this bitch. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Water-based games, nothing but... The, these These are all games where you will just spend almost all of your time under the sea, swimming Body. gracefully, or floating, whatever. Nice. Um, none of these are the Water Temple from any Zelda game, so Thank you. just banish that thought and just drink in the serenity of floating deep undersea. Serenity, I'm glad you say that, because most of the, my association with watering mm-hmm. games is... Trying to get oxygen and panicking, like in mm-hmm. fucking Sonic <laughs> games or in Assassin's Creed games, where I was just playing Odyssey and I was trying to dodge sharks underwater as I'm trying mm-hmm. to loot treasure chests while not running out of air. So that's that's about the best it's ever been for water levels in a in a ever in a 3D Mario game. Odyssey. Oh. Mario Odyssey. Got uh, it. Uh, Mar- oh. oh, Mario Odyssey. Okay. <laughs> oh, my right. bad. I, I think he was talking. That was a different Odyssey than yes. He was about. <laughs> It was wasn't it? Yes, it, wasn't, it wasn't it wasn't Homer's Odyssey. Mm. It wasn't Mario <laughs> Odyssey. I want to play Mario Iliad. Yes. 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 I want to I want to see I want to see the siren song mm-hmm. where where it's just like Yoshi and fucking Princess Peach and Daisy. Yeah. And uh you know Bowser. And then you get there and it's Bowser because it's the siren song. Exactly. It's not what you exactly. Exactly. Would would Bowser be Paris or would that be Mario in the in the Iliad situation? Like, hmm. who steals away Helen of Troy slash Princess no. Peach? Which one's Nicole if if he's Paris? Right. Uh, oh, I'm gosh. not smart enough to know oh, what you're talking about. That's too old a reference. That is an old reality oh, television right. reference. Yeah, that was Boy. that was an old bad dad joke. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> it's the only kind he makes. Even my dad jokes are stale. Great. <laughs> right. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Cicero. <laughs> Thank you very much. I feel right at home, guys. That's my brand. That is my brand. <laughs> All right. We will dive straight into oh, these underwater wow. games. Oh, there you go. Right after this. Yeah. <laughs> Losing hair sucks, tell me about it. But seriously, two out of three guys will experience hair loss by the time they're 35. Luckily, there is Keeps, the easiest and most affordable way to keep the hair you have. I know that the FDA-approved products that help you keep your hair cost a lot of money. But now, thanks to Keeps, they're finally inexpensive and easy to get. For five minutes now and starting at just $10 per month, you'll never have to worry about hair loss again. Getting started with Keeps is really easy. You sign up in less than five minutes. Just answer a few questions and snap some photos of your hair. A licensed physician will review your information online and recommend the right treatment for you, and then it's shipped right to your door. How do they do it? Well... 
keeps offers generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products out there. Some of you might have tried them before, but you have not gotten them at this price. Keeps is only $10 to $35 per month, and that is way less than what these products have normally costed people. Plus, right now you can get your first month free, and that's one hell of a deal to keep your hair. So, to receive your first free month of treatment for free, go to keeps.com slash laser. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash laser. Laser. You should know how to spell that. You found the show. That's a free month of treatment at keeps.com slash laser. Keeps, baby. Hair today, hair tomorrow. This week's episode of Laser Time is talking about Mortal Kombat, so it's only appropriate that this show is brought to you by Gamefly. And you can get started with a free 30-day trial just by signing up at gameflyoffer.com slash laser time. Gamefly is the Netflix for games, with over 8,000 titles to choose from on Xbox One, PS4, Switch, and going back to legacy systems like Wii U, 3DS, PS, even PS Vita and PS2. Pick the games you want, make a queue, and Gamefly ships them directly to your door with stamp self-addressed envelopes at no extra cost. Send back the games in a single day or keep them as long as you like. And what I really like about Gamefly, if you're liking a game uh, that much, you're digging the multiplayer, keep it! And they'll let you buy it back at a reduced cost and they'll send you the box and manual as if you bought it anywhere else. Plans start as low as $9.95 a month and they've got all the latest games. Days Gone, World War Z, Sekiro, Division 2, Spider-Man, oh, I love Spider-Man, Devil May Cry 5, and yes, Mortal Kombat 11. Want to give it a shot? You can try it for free by going to GameFlyOffer.com slash LazerTime. Either way, if you don't want to get burned by a bad game again, or if you want to play all the games for the price of one or two, Gamefly might be for you. So get started today and play Mortal Kombat for practically nothing at GameFlyOffer.com slash LazerTime. All right, let's get wet with what, Chris? Jesus, uh, the greatest ever water level. You mean the most I immersive water games, oh, don't you, Chris? Water, shit. water nice. games. I assume we'll be talking a lot about wave rates. Uh, that's oh, that's Shame. all above. That's no. on top of water. Yeah. So We're talking yeah, underwater, water. baby. We're yeah. talking 20,000 leagues under the sea, yes. even though a league right. is not a measurement right. of depth. Listen, We're talking we fish who breathes air. According to you, jet skiing is an air sport. Uh, it's so peaceful. Star Trek for the Voyage Home, the video game. Yes. Yes. No. <laughs> well, looking for the nuclear vessels. <laughs> <laughs> They're in Alameda. Uh-huh. Alamita. <laughs> that was got to be Echo, right? That's one yes. Of the this Echo. is Echo, Defender of the Future. Ah, the th- is that the oh. only good Echo game? No, it's probably the least good Echo game, depending on who you talk yeah. to. Except for maybe Echo Junior, which isn't much of a game at all. Very tough to get your bearings and control, is what I remember about this. Game. I don't remember that I, at all. I thought it was. I, I thought it was a pretty decent way to control it all. Absolutely loved it on Dreamcast, and then it came to PS2, and everyone hated it. Mm. And I think. You know, you can maybe chalk it up to, like, these were bad. Like, a lot of Dreamcast games that got ported to PS2 did yeah. not do well. You can either chalk it up to these are bad ports, which I can't really speak to since I never played the PS2 versions, or it might be just that, like, the Dreamcast was this weird <laughs> transitional system between yeah. 32-bit and the PlayStation o- 2 Or era. it could be you bought them for a dollar because everything was on a fire sale for the Dreamcast, and then I mean, when it came to PS2, yeah. it was full price. That. But when this came out, like, I, th- I thought it was great. There wasn't really... 
anything like it, and uh, I was also terrified of this guy. Of that not Jaws music. Who, John Tesh? Yeah. Who are you terrified of? Right, yeah, John right. Tesh, he's huge. Have you ever seen that guy? Yes. Jesus. John Tesh's head is like seven yeah. feet tall. So the reference, that's an old guy joke again. Uh, John Tesh was the host of Entertainment Tonight, but also had this weird right. music career with uh, uh, modern right. songs like that. Basically invented Dude, He wrote the that. best NBA theme. <laughs> yes, exactly. And and the theme to Bobby's World. Really? Oh, shit. Yeah. Really? Huh. I was yes. just humming that today. That's awesome. Uh, but that was the shark, right? Yes, that was Which the... Which we covered in our Sharks episode. Yeah, yeah. Several, several months ago. But uh, yeah. this is... It's a really cool underwater game. Technically not entirely underwater because you can go up to the surface and do cool dolphin things like jump out and do flips or stand on your tail and flip around and yeah right. it's it's neat do but that E-E-E thing maybe. yeah but uh echo defender of the future echo has to reassemble the guardian which is this thing that protects the balance between dolphins and humans and i don't really remember it that well but uh the important thing to understand is that there is an invading alien that is only ever called the foe, and they want to fuck everything up for dolphins and humans. Echo restored the Guardian, but he was too late, for the foe started their descent. Determined to conquer Earth. By creating a temporal vortex, they opened a portal through time. And to prevail in the present, the foe would alter Earth's past. I feel like that music is is just like the autofill on a keyboard somewhere. <laughs> it does sound very synth, yes. <laughs> but but wait a minute. Uh, was that Patrick Stewart's brother, Frank Stewart? It might have been. <laughs> His cheaper brother. <laughs> yes. Like like Frank Stallone. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it actually is just Frank Stallone. <laughs> Master of voices. <laughs> He's, who knew he was so talented? Right. Not his brother. Uh, yeah, Frank, right. I got this often to do voiceover for a video game. You, you want to do it? <laughs> oh, man. Only, yeah, only if I could do a British accent. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be real cool. And I, yeah, I'd like to think that Frank calls him Rock. Like, what do you think that yes. Rock Hey, hey, Rocco. We can do this thing here. Oh, man. But uh, so the, uh, there's like a time travel scenario where like the, the aliens go back in time and make dolphins stupid. And so then you go into a future where like it changes the present so that dolphins have been enslaved by humans. And like you have this gigantic grotesque machinery that you have to explore because I think the developer Appaloosa has like a weird fetish for that stuff. It's in like every one of their games. And uh, then you, you get that mess sorted out, but you restore dolphins intelligence, but not their noble traits. So the dolphins then take over the world and you get one of the best levels in video games ever at the time. (laughs) 
this is Hanging Waters, which is somewhere between a tech demo for what the Dreamcast could do and a Super Monkey Ball level. Because it is <laughs> this network of water tunnels that are just suspended, apparently miles above an island. Oh, you can cool. see the, the ground way below you, and you just have to like switch on these water pathways and swim through them. It is kind of difficult because it's hard to tell where the boundaries are in or the, where the walls are in these tunnels. So right. it's really easy to just accidentally fall out. And, uh, <laughs> Do you just fall to your death? Yeah, or? you just fall to your death and oh, man. you hear a voice go, fall out. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> no. So long and thanks for all the fish. No. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, the dolphins have taken, they've conquered the earth. They've enslaved humanity. They're basically mean bastards. You get your damn dirty dorsal fin off me. Yeah. But great architects and uh, sure. I guess they bring back pterodactyls or whatever because there are some floating around this stage. And uh, <laughs> they bring them back. Yeah, yeah. Like, and then you get uh, you get uh, aliens finally. Just in, like the last level is like, okay, now we're just striking at the foe at their heart, and uh, conveniently the foe will live underwater too. So uh, let's just go mess up their egg laying queen or whatever the hell she is. I, and here I thought Echo had always just been this underwater dolphin game with like a heavy-handed environmental narrative it is that too yeah (laughs) but then they had to throw in aliens Uh yeah i think i think the aliens were maybe always there i never really played the the mega or the the genesis ones Mm. so who who knew that echo the dolphin was actually created by douglas adams because this is the hitchhiker's guide pretty much yeah i mean is is that is that true there are aliens there are pterodactyls you know when they were recreating the mm. earth they were able to get the pterodactyls in mm-hmm. there and, oh shit you know good point yeah gotta yeah. get those pterodactyls yeah. hanging out in the fjords right right, right. Yeah. exactly yeah. you know as we make room for the uh intergalactic bypass mm-hmm. yeah. is this is this still the last game in the echo series i believe it is if you don't count jaws unleashed which is not on this <laughs> list because it is terrible <laughs> what oh. i'm so no that game i love that I game, love that game mm-hmm. but it sucks ass what? This is like Bizarro Michael we have No, here. it's not. I've always said that. It is a terrible game. But you've been fascinated. so much fun Oh, yeah, game. absolutely. Great controls. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but this, this is the same developer that did, went on to do Jaws Unleashed, and I still think this is in many ways the better game, even though uh, you kill big sharks instead of being them and tearing apart swimmers, which is still weirdly fun. Yeah. yeah. If I'm, am I remembering this correctly? When the Dreamcast pulled the plug, they were like one of the few, the many great decisions that Sega made. They didn't support the PS2 as much as the other two consoles. I mean, they kind of supported the Xbox more out the gate. Totally. And, well, they got they gave it Xbox exclusives yeah. and then ported its big shit to Nintendo exclusively. All the Sonic stuff went there. Yeah, the Sonic stuff first. went there. The Super Monkey Ball went there. Um, yeah, you, I think you might be right that the the ports. Of D- of Dreamcast games went over to PS2, but they didn't really do it's, a lot of exclusive. Strange stuff. decision. Like there, there was no PS2 exclusive Jet Set Radio, Jet Set Radio or Crazy Taxi. Hands your Dragoon Orta. Yeah. Oh yeah, that all went That's to true. Xbox. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they, underrated. I think, the Crazy Taxi Three. Mm-hmm. I love that game. Yeah, I, I think I think Sega really believed that uh, you know Sony ate into their market share, and, and part of the reason that the uh, 
their their hardware division crashed and burned was because Sony was on the scene. Um, it had nothing to do, of course, with them cre- recreating consoles every eighteen months. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, launching two back to back failed consoles that uh, consoles, yeah. they immediately pivoted away from. Yeah, that, that'll do it right. every time. Yeah, the thirty two X and the Saturn come out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Still love the Dreamcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you 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 said two. You really meant three. Yes, I meant three. Before the 32x, there was the Sega CD. Mm. Oh, I mean oh, yeah. well, that's four then, because I was including the Dreamcast in there too. Dreamcast. So yeah, 32x. Uh, uh, Saturn. String of oh, failures. Oh man, yeah. Uh, the the Dreamcast is the Rocky Horror Picture Show of uh, consoles. It is. It is perfect. Loved. <laughs> It is beloved. Oh, absolutely. Yes, and I'd, I'd appreciate to dress like almost any character from the Dreamcast. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> please, please, somebody give me the moral clearance to be Samba de Amigo. Hmm. All right. <laughs> also, shout out to the other best uh, underwater game on Dreamcast, Seaman, where you raise a very cranky <laughs> fish with the head of a man who, uh, at one point, y- you, he asks you, one of the many questions he can ask you is... Uh, so I hear a lot of talk about new game systems coming out. Which one are you most excited for? And if you say PlayStation 2, he's like, that's all I hear anyone talk about. <laughs> he eventually morphs into a spider, right? No, he morphs into a frog. A frog? No, they, I think his final form is like... Is it? Yeah. That, weirdly, that's the only game that I never finished, but my mom did. What? Yeah, my mom what? finished Seaman. And uh, hey, hey, apparently man. there's. Did she, is it because you? Is it because you mispronounced it? <laughs> no. Hey now, I stayed away from that obvious joke, Michael. I just thank want you, you man. To know. I appreciate. I had some restraints. You're not disrespecting my mother on a podcast that everyone can hear. You're a true friend. Uh, I want to take a victory lap. I'm done. Uh, I'm, I'm done. Also, get fucked. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, we should probably move on to something I'm sure you'll e- be even less familiar with. Number four. Marin loved the sea. She loved the sound of the waves calling to her through her window. She dreamt every night of the mysteries that lay beneath. Uh, what a great game this is. Yeah. Do you, do you actually know what it is? Have you played it? Song of yes, the Deep. Thank you. Song of the Deep. Wow. I'm so great, used to people just like game. getting visible question marks over One their head of whenever the few I mention this. that played this. I, I bought this game for like $5 on a sale. Still haven't played it. But yes, this is supposed to be a very good game that yeah. it's just such a weird. It was a partnership between Insomniac Games and... And GameStop, yes. of all people, sort yes. of acting uh, as the publisher. That explains why GameStop had exclusive toys. And I was like, who yes. wanted these other than me right now? Yes, please. Thank you. Yeah. But it yeah. is a... How are you supposed to trade it in for like a quarter of its value? <laughs> <laughs> right. But it is a Metroidvania submarine mm-hmm. game. Yes. 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 Uh, one of two on this yes. list. Spoilers. But yeah. you play as a little girl named Marin who lives on a cliff with her father who's a fisherman and her father's always going out to sea and coming back and she lights his way with a candle and then one day he doesn't come back and she has a dream that he's somewhere out there lost deep underwater but still alive a desperate and dangerous plan was already forming in her head she took scraps of metal and wood her father had caught in his nets and pieced them together she hammered and bolted she measured and sawed 
And before the sun had set, she had built a tiny, rickety submarine. Also, she's a fucking mechanical genius. <laughs> right. Although, I wouldn't feel very confident riding in a rickety submarine. No, but... Now, maybe a rickety, like, schooner. Uh-huh. Sure. But, but, but a thing that submerges below the water that has been described um, euphemistically as rickety. Mm-hmm. Is does not instill me with a lot of. I mean, confidence. it looks rickety, but it is remarkably seaworthy. Uh, able to yes, stand up yes, not only is. to crush depths, but to uh, adverse combat situations. Yeah, for as much as this has a very children's book style presentation, it is a very shooty game. Uh, you are going under the water, you are killing monsters, and you are upgrading your submarine so that you can go to new places. And it's it's just fantastic. I can't recommend it enough to everybody. Yeah, very good game. I, I think a lot of people have probably heard of it because Greg Miller was mm. is a very big fan and, and always talks about this game. So that's yeah. probably where, if you have yeah. heard of this game, which not many people did, mm-hmm. that's probably where you heard of it. I haven't heard of Greg Miller. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that? <laughs> But yeah, it's it's not just about shooting things. Uh, She does meet various underwater denizens and make friends with them. At last, the Merrow Maiden stopped. Merrin called to her. Please wait. I'm only trying to find my father. The Merrow looked at her for a long moment, then stirred the water with her hands, forming a ghostly image. It was the sunken ship graveyard known as Skeleton Reef. Could her father be trapped there? The Mero pointed the way to go, and Merrin thanked her. Uh, and mostly her, her best friend in this is a tiny uh, sea serpent that she names Swish. And, uh, <laughs> cool. <laughs> it's a baby leviathan. Mm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, lots of weird biomechanical horrors that you have to confront down below the waves. There are squids that hate light so if uh if they see you they will immediately attack and destroy your sub it's uh it's a it's a harsh world down I, there. I want to know more about the development of this game like how does the studio that brought you games such as spider-man or, or that brought you things such as sunset overdrive mm-hmm. decide to do a submarine metroidvania like is this just like a couple members of that team splintering off and kind of working on a side yeah, thing. I, I got the impression it was sort of like a, a fun side project that they were working on because yes. it, it came yeah. out of nowhere. Like yeah. there was very little promotion or buildup for this, other than in GameStops, which sure yes. I do remember. Like I saw a lot of like posters and stuff, and it wow. was always for like, what is this? They were trying to. This was them testing like how powerful is our ability to market a thing in our in our store and maybe make a little bit more of a rev share if we are the publisher. So. Mm. But yeah, it did do, not work. I do have a toy of that submarine, so do it worked you? on me at least. I feel like I saw maybe pop, yeah. pop figure exclusives mm-hmm. for that because it's GameStop and that's do where they, you get pop Do they exclusives? own Funko yet? Because they do not. They're like the, the prime <laughs> distributor. I, I think probably <laughs> I think nowadays. They, they owe the last year. I think to nowadays them. it would the other would be the reverse. Like like Funko would buy GameStop. Probably. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. You want to get your distribution outlets. Uh, well, just in terms of the financial performance of the company. Mm-hmm. And what, yeah, you know, yeah, fair, fair, fair. GameStop's yeah. kind of last. 
we were just talking about that in the news a few weeks ago. Their their last quarter results weren't great. Mm. So. <laughs> yeah. What a surprise! But well, everyone loves uh, offer such a great have, service. I mean, have you have you been to have you been to a GameStop? Recently? I have. Uh, yes, I ha- I have to literally buy a fucking pop figure. So that's the thing is like GameStop. GameStop today, GameStop is to video games what MTV is to music videos. <laughs> yeah, now, yeah, it's a good way know? to put it. Yeah. Like, like 80% of the, of the real estate in the store is pop figures and uh, tabletop games and all sorts of, you know, like iPads and mm-hmm. just yeah. like just the most random shit. It's like trying to find uh, a radio like in a radio get, shack. Right, right, exactly. Like, I could get, I can get a, Kirby belt buckle before I could get like, Kirby's <laughs> epic yarn, you know? Yeah, like, I, the the one time I went in there, like, in the last several months, it was to buy something that I'd ordered online for store pickup, and I went, and there were, like, three people in line in front of me, and each one of them took about ten minutes to process, because, uh, like, oh, do you want to buy our... Uh, uh, protection right. plan for this game. Uh, <laughs> right. Do you want to buy a Kirby belt buckle? Yeah. Uh, you have to go through all of that. I stuff. wanted it's to get ridiculous. that belt buckle, but I was afraid mm-hmm. he would wait, suck wait. my dick the yeah, whole time. Yeah, yeah. It's Kirby, right. you know, so. and he'll gain but your wait, dick's wait, powers. No. Uh, <laughs> what 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 games would you like to reserve? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, there are these seventeen games coming uh-huh. out. Oh, is there anything? You know, we we now do digital. Uh, you could do your digital pre-orders. And we can send it directly to your system. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, would you like your Game Informer? Would you, you can go pro? You can get Game yep. Informer. Yes. Uh, yeah, I used to work at Games. Oh, man. That was a pretty good sale. <laughs> you mean to tell so. me the company that was still hawking strategy guides, physical strategy guides, when the internet already existed, is trying yes. an outdated business model? No. I, <laughs> no. I remember when they were what? still trying to sell everyone on cleaning kits. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, and I, I, yes. I actually said one time, it's like, yes. I know you have to... to Try and get me to buy those, but that's okay. Thank you. And it's like, no, of I don't. These are just really great. They're really yeah, great no, cleaning kits. You're making. Right. We make a ton of fun, but when it's 10:30 a.m. and you really, really need the Lone Ranger gift set for Disney Infinity 1.0, <laughs> there is nowhere else to go. That's true. GameStop's your only game it's, in town. You say that Literally like you're speaking from experience. Nowhere else to go. Right. I, I think everybody knows what I'm talking about. We all wake up and like, where's that? Where's that Army Hammer version of Lone Ranger <laughs> with the Johnny Depp version of Tonto? Where, Johnny yes. Depp. Yes, I want the Johnny Depp Tonto. What are you talking about? I want the Johnny Depp Tonto <laughs> you know I mean? to play with I mean, Jack Sparrow. Right, right. I was about to say it basically is Jack Sparrow yeah. with 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 a dead crow. Basically, over. yeah. Yeah, you listening, Nicholas Cage? His hair really is a bird. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, well, uh, yeah, but yeah. Song of the Deep, really fun game. Uh, I can't recommend it enough. It's a beautiful Metroidvania. A lot of the levels look like children's book illustrations come mm-hmm. to life. Mm-hmm. And it is yeah. fun as shit. Yeah. But not quite as fun, apparently, as this next one. Chris, last time I played this clip, you said it sounded like a bunch of goth kids having a rave under a freeway. <laughs> I just really love that video from Germany. It's it's, it, yeah. That sounds like someone's listening to the Mortal Kombat theme underwater, actually. Mm, yeah, so. kind of. Yeah. Uh, so this is the aquatic adventure of the oh, last human, yeah, okay. uh, which is a very similar concept yeah. to Song of the Deep, but where Song of the Deep is a beautiful children's book illustration, this is kind of 
uh, purposely ugly pixel art. This is sort of the Hotline Miami to its uh, game that is conceptually similar to Hotline Miami. Uh, <laughs> if memory serves, didn't this also make our shark show because of one of the yes. bosses in the game? Yeah, well, that music is attached to the Chain Gang, which is a bunch of tiny sharks and one very, very big shark that is dragging an aquatic mine around on a chain. And the trick to that boss battle is to get it to run into its own mine, and it, it blows its face off. Ugh. And uh, then it looks like like a, a skinless version of like the shark at the end of Jaws 2, you know? And uh, yeah, it's gross. But where Song of the Deep is a straight-up Metroidvania with lots of little enemies, this is a boss rush, mm. basically, where there's still a Metroidvania aspect. You're still getting new abilities as you explore this undersea world, but you're not you're not really fighting things along the way. You're just trying to find your way to these gigantic monsters and kill them. Mm. The plot is that you're a space traveler, actually. You left Earth somewhere in the near the 30th century, and then thousands of years passed, and you came back and just landed in a sheet of ice and found that all of human civilization has been submerged, and humans themselves are apparently extinct. So you're going through and trying to figure out what happened to the humans, why did they die out. And uh, how did these gigantic monsters get here? I, lo I love the art yeah. style. I, what do we call that now? Um, pixel art? I guess. But it's just like, it's pixel art where you just have a ton of shit on mm. screen, yeah, too. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's, not, it's not quite a retro mm. game. No, not quite. It, it has layers of depth. Like, you know, there's these weird futuristic towers in the foreground while you can see the ruins of a city in the background. Mm. Um and yeah, you layers of depth. It has Tonto with the fake crow on his head. Yes, layers of depth. Uh, <laughs> and like the scale, sense of scale in this game is really weird because like you t you pilot this tiny submarine that has like a couple of harpoon guns, but like you're it's supposed to be a ship that's like roughly the size of an actual nuclear sub, like a full sized mm. submarine. And that makes the enemies like these ridiculous megafauna where like. Yeah, that, that giant shark with the aquatic mine is like the size of uh, four football fields or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> It's crazy. It's, it's, it's Megalodon. Yeah, yeah well, it's, it, it, it dwarfs Megalodon. <laughs> but, I mean, a lot of the game is very tranquil. Just using your jets to... I wasn't Zoom joking before. And... I think this is intentional. They, the music does sound like you're listening to something slightly underwater. It's, mm -hmm. it's got a little bit of that muffled. Oh, yeah. On it. Yeah, no. It's, uh, they do a really good job of that. And then they, they pull a Shadow of the Colossus on you where you meet enemies that don't actually seem to attack you, but that you need to destroy anyway, like this guy. So that, that thing is called the Tranquil. It's a gigantic octopus mm. that just sort of sits there and uh, groans at you. and uh, While wearing a CPAP machine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and your job is to fuck him up so that you can get at the tunnel that he's guarding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, the mild well, spoilers, the, the last boss of the game basically just does a jacuzzi at you when you finally show up. Is like, I've watched you just destroy entire ecosystems for no clear reason 
You're a bastard, just like all the humans. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about mm-hmm. right. Yeah, I know. I know you're a big fan of this game. You've talked yeah. about it on the show before. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's definitely something I need to play. Yeah, and I'm guessing no one else has. No. Sorry. Come on. <sighs> I only have room for one or two water games a year. <laughs> I'm, I'm from the land well, of humidity. Both, I don't, both I don't, this and I don't Song of the Deep. I, I think, relatively I think I'm going Song of the Deep with my underwater Metroidvania for the mm. month, Michael. That's because you haven't played Aquatic oh. Adventure. Apparently not. But they're both very good. Of the last year. But, uh, so, yeah, I don't want to mess up your, your top five, mm-hmm. but I want to talk about, if I can, mm-hmm. right in the middle mm-hmm. here, I want to talk about another underwater metro. Oh, shit. Oh. That, oh. That, that you sorely Is it Aquaria? It is under the sea. Is the Little Mermaid <laughs> Genesis <laughs> game? That was a Metroidvania. It was a Metroidvania uh, where where you play as Ariel, who is swimming around uh, underwater and is shooting songs at different <laughs> underwater things and collecting. Does she, does she gradually gain abilities like another seashell? Yes. Uh, and and she what well, what she does is she gains Sebastian's and whatever the guppy thing was. Flounder. She, Flounder. Yeah, Flounder. That's right, right. I really shouldn't have been and, as quick uh, as I was on that. And then, <laughs> you're a parent. That's to be expected. Hey, well, you know, if you got young kids, mm-hmm. it's okay. Uh, sure, um, that's so, why I knew that so quickly. <laughs> right, right. Definitely not. <laughs> so, yeah. Do you, you, uh, she, she shoots. Uh, seashells by the musical seashore? notes. <laughs> yeah, she, she shoots musical notes at seashells ah. by the seashore. Um, that are uh, also covered in waves or algae. I'm not sure. Uh, eventually, she does fight Ursula. That's why Ursula uh, took her voice you, away. That must uh, be. It's, yeah. it's deadly with that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, it is It is a Metroidvania. That so it is, is a good pull. Huh. Yeah. I need to check that yeah. out. You've, you've actually stumped me. I haven't played that one. Oh. So. But I... I'm yeah, severely terrible. disappointed. He's going back song. and replaying the Kingdom Hearts 2 Little yeah. Mermaid levels. Yeah. <laughs> that, that great, great here. song. Yeah, Boy, Chris and I are going to be on the all the Disney pool around the list. We're going to have to go to like a Universal Park together or something. Yeah. Yeah. As parents. <laughs> Disney won't have you back. Um, but you know what's always accepting? Number two. All right, you terrified me back to my escape capsule. What is this? <laughs> oh, that is that is my nephew's, my 10-year-old nephew's, one of his favorite games. Shout out to my nephew, Anthony. Mm-hmm. Love you, kiddo. Subnautica. Yes. Oh, yeah. Disclaimer, yeah. Uh, I worked on this game. I helped market this game. Mm. Bring it out last, oh. last year. This is a very, but even though I worked on it, I, I loved it while playing it. This is an underwater survival game. Yep. Yes. Uh, granted, there's the occasional segment where you can... Go above water on like little islands and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But but the entire premise of the game is you start the game in this survival pod, like a like a mini submarine, if yeah, you will. It's because a spaceship is crashing. Right. Attention. Our failure imminent. All personnel abandon ship. 
and uh, as your escape pod is descending, some stuff comes loose and knocks you in the head, and yes. uh, then you miraculously survive and have to, like, one of the first things you have to do is repair your pod. Right. And so you, you venture out, and you have health and, and uh, hunger and all these... Think all, think everything from your favorite survival games, like mm-hmm. meter, a bunch of meters you have to manage, basically. Yeah, a bunch of meters and a bunch of giant monsters that want to kill you. Uh, yes, yeah. I mean, at first you're just really, in your immediate surroundings, it's mostly smaller fish, and you're just... A lot of it's scavenging resources used to, as you said, Michael, repair your sub and eventually mm-hmm. kind of upgrade your sub. And then meanwhile... Eventually, you get to the point where you will explore the wreckage of your ship, uh, which is the water's full of radiation. Yep. You have to kind of get there. But that's where you really start to see the big, bad, like, giant monsters. Oh, you mean like this guy? That is you tooling around in the Seamoth submarine, and uh, a Reaper Leviathan shows yes. up and just fucks up your shit. Yep, that can happen in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this this is uh, C-Lab 2020, uh, the <laughs> video game. At, at a certain point, you do you do kind of expand out and, and build... Al- you can build like entire underwater labs and kind of almost mm-hmm. like little cities, mini cities, just gathering all the resources around you. Um and and start to explore the planet and it's not just it's very beautiful and striking when you first are there like when you're just kind of in the regular ocean but eventually you'll be taken into kind of like underwater volcano areas and all kinds Ooh. of cool shit it's it's very yeah. cool and it's very different under the sea if you go out like at night versus during the daytime yes. like there might be more dangerous fish out but at the same time you'll see like all these bioluminescent things that you wouldn't during the day yes. and, yeah and the game has very much, it has kind of a combination of your typical survival game, let's say like a, a DayZ or something like that, with a lot of Minecraft buildy elements too. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think it scratches multiple itches for people, and that's why it, it was, uh, a lot of people's one of their favorite games of the year last year, and I can't blame yeah. it. I'm, this is the first time. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. Seeing how I sent you a code, You would have told asshole. me, Matt. <laughs> 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 oh, <fuck>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any money or games right now. We'll find it again. Uh, but it, it's it's one that's like it's always kind of difficult for me to venture into. Like I I really want to play it a lot, but at the same time, like I go down there and it's like ah fuck this that's right this is a phobia I have. <laughs> yes, just swimming yes. alone untethered in the deep ocean. So strangely enough, um, one of my coworkers didn't necessarily know this about himself, but apparently he's claustrophobic because this game also on Steam. Uh, can run in VR. Yes. Oh and he attempted it and said it was not a pleasant experience if you're claustrophobic <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, you'll learn very quickly, like, oh, shit, I want to get out of here. Mm-hmm. So it, apparently it's very immersive and realistic, no pun intended with that immersive, uh, in VR. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's it, I also like the, uh, I think there's like a free form mode that, make, that just lets you build shit without having to... Yes. gather resources yeah. and yeah. that's a lot of kind of has like that minecrafty thing mm-hmm. there's either the survival traditional survival game which which has some light story kind of campaign it does give you a reason like you said you're trying to discover how to get off off planet basically mm-hmm. like how, how, how to get your ship repaired or whatever and then there's just like oh you just want to dick around in the water you can do that too, so. yeah and they they had a big expansion recently that added like a bunch of arctic stuff i, I believe that's standalone expansion too, oh okay so, wow yeah. just Pretty play sure. that yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Subnautica, very, very good game, very fun game from last mm-hmm. year. Uh, shout out to Unknown Worlds is the name of the dev team that worked on that. So. Yeah. Oh, wow. 
but in the end, I had to give it to this one. Seven minute abzu. <laughs> Could, uh, couldn't you do it in abs- six minutes? Abs- <laughs> right. No, man. No, seven. No. Seven's the seven. thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, abzu. Not to be confused with. You're telling, you're telling me this is a game and not an Australian children's show. <laughs> abzu. Yeah. No. Well, this is underwater journey, basically. Yeah. It's yeah. it's actually by the yeah. art director of Journey, who went on to found a new company, Giant Squid, and uh, and created. Abzu, which I didn't realize until after I'd finished it. Like, there's a th- line in the credits saying, uh, text taken from the Enuma Elish. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And so I looked it up, and it's it's the Babylonian creation myth. Oh, wow. And oh, wow. Abzu is actually the name of, like, the original progenitor god. And, it like, the, the myth is, is all about, like, how first there was nothing, there was just water, and then uh, the world was divided into sweet fresh water, known as Abzu, and uh, bitter salt water, known as Tiamat. And oh. and then like these other gods came and challenged Abzu, and then Tiamat, which it might play. You could, you could read into this game that like that sort of plays out, uh, but not really. Like uh, isn't Tiamat like also a Final Fantasy summon at this point. It's, it's I mean, yeah. she in Dungeons and Dragons, she's like a seven-headed dragon. That, yeah, 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 that's okay. Huh? No, I I'm trying to. I mean, I definitely played through all of this game, and I just remember exploring and kind of labeling fish. Like it, like uh, it's one of those. Yeah, well, not where... not just labeling fish. Oh my! My dad just came. <laughs> I mean, he loves Subnautica then because you do spend <laughs> yes, a lot of time labeling yes, fish. Yes, that's true. Uh, but this this is not. It's it's less labeling fish and it's more that you are going around and like you're finding these little wellsprings and when you yes. interact with them like fish come out of them and then right. they they populate the world around you and you can find these meditation spots that, where you can uh, you can basically uh, transmit your consciousness into these fish and just follow them around for a little while right. and you see the names of the fish and it's great That's like if you is. want to get a closer look at and, or like find out like what the fuck is that thing I just released right. yes that yes. prehistoric shark with the wheeled jaw whatever the hell yeah why is there an elasmosaurus swimming around okay. uh, well yeah so this I mean this game is called as Abzu but it could also just be called ASMR like it, it, it is very ASMR yeah mm. you know like you just play it yeah. you know and then and, and and hours can go by and you and you do feel better like mm-hmm. i mean there's you know you don't it, it never feels you think about things but you never feel challenged yeah there's like you know? one area that i want to say is toward the end of the game where it, there's like a kind of this underwater i want to say like a factory or base or something oh, you mean this part
So yeah, the that's the, the only stressful part. The, of The, game the last to me. parts of the game are filled with these aquatic mines that are just these these huge floating triangles, and if you get too close to them, they start emitting their dun, 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 and while yes. they can't actually kill you. They can shock the hell out of you. Yeah. Another thing that might shock the hell out of you if you're not expecting it, so uh, mild spoilers here, this happens fairly early on. You might meet an unexpected friend. So that noise is you're swimming along the serene ocean with your little robot friends, and all of a sudden a great white shark shows up and chomps the fuck out of one of your robots. Yeah. Yes. And it's it's kind of scary, and you keep seeing this shark popping up. And uh, Right. But a big part of this game is you're developing relationship with that shark, and it mm-hmm. kind of becomes your nondescript diver's monster boyfriend. Yes. <laughs> and plays a pivotal role at the ending there, too. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, kind of an emotional moment. I'll, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll admit it. it. It has a couple of emotional moments yeah. tied to this shark. Yeah. And you're like this little, we should say, you look like a scuba diver but i think you're sort of like meant to be also a robot like you're you're humanoid yeah i don't know if that's a spoiler or not you are humanoid but you are a robot so you never have to worry about running out of air nothing's ever gonna none of the sea life is ever gonna attack you yeah um even though you know it sometimes helps to have that apprehension to not know for sure like can Mm -hmm. that be killed you really can't but although you do get pretty badly fucked up at the end and you know you can See, see all your skeletal robot parts sticking out. Ah, yes. yes. Very indecent. But I think the, the intro sound clip you played, isn't that sort of one of the, the last triumphant levels where there's some really cool shit going on? Where, again, spoiler I don't think so. Alert. I think that was pretty early on. It, but. Oh, well, there's a thing toward the end of the game where it sort of culminates yeah. and you're like taking this awesome ride with your little diving buddies there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with the shark. And with, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyway, this is a very good game. It is. Uh, and it if is. you like Journey, you owe it to yourself to play this game. And like, it's not very long. I think it's like three to four hours yeah, total. Yeah, and it's super, super pretty. And it's one that, like, I, I was actually looking up to see, like, is there a VR mod for this? Because this would fucking be. slay in VR. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there does not appear to be, although yeah. I did see see at least one person saying, I, like, oh, if you play it in big picture mode in VR, it looks amazing. Like, eh, yeah. it does it, though. I don't think you can that easily mod a non-first-person game in you just sure no you just it's you just change the file name yeah yeah you just you just upload a new wad to 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 (laughs) dot vr you You can upload the wad your dad shot about this game (laughs) (laughs) export.mkv you're good Uh, you just hack the mainframe. And right. Then, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. You, you type in VR right. where it says 3PS. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. what, you, you that's what in, the Neutron movie is going to be about, mm-hmm. the Disney announced. Right. Mm-hmm. 256-bit encryption. You have four <laughs> monitors. <laughs> and Wolverine is at the keyboard. Hell yeah. You know what the, new, you know what the Neutron movie is? New Avatar yes. movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get four of them eventually. Eventually. There. eventually. I don't tweet anymore. I had to get it out somewhere. <laughs> Man. All right. Well, that's our top five. Okay. May I also oh. throw another monkey wrench in here and add a dishonorable, dishonorable mention? Ooh. Uh, since you're talking about Abzu, uh-huh. uh, a, a, an underwater being that uh, gets dismembered, um, I'd like to talk about an underwater water being who starts dismembered. In the form of GameCubes, 
Aquaman. Oh, Atlantis. <laughs> oh, the the uh, by the maker of TDK, purveyor of fine blank yes. cassette tapes yes. and CDRs. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I've always wanted to play this game in full. Mm. Oh man, yeah, man. Yeah, so uh, we, if you if you talk about underwater games and you don't take the time to mention Aquaman, then you are doing something wrong. People always forget <laughs> about Aquaman. Conversations. I, I tried to forget about Aquaman, but it yeah. uh, didn't work. No. The world won't let you. I just want to give a shout out. In, under, in terms of underwater levels, the shell you grab in Mario 64 that makes water travel so wonderful. <laughs> oh, yeah. The rest yeah, of it yeah. being awful. And, uh, yeah, obviously there are some other good sub-games out there. We looked yeah. at Deluvion for this, which is kind of slow, and but interesting and very pretty. And uh, yeah. No love for Endless Ocean? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ocean. Endless Ocean. <laughs> if you like scuba diving and uh, pinging fish, yeah. identifying them, naming them, no. your dad would love it. Uh, <laughs> you know I lack an eardrum and I can't do that. <laughs> so I get I, Yes, uh, yeah, there's uh, the Silent Hunter series. There's all kinds yeah. of sub-games. There's the there, Submariner uh, expansion for Sunless Sea, or is it a oh. sequel? I forget. Mm. Haven't played it. Um, right. There's the movie K-19, mm-hmm. The Widowmaker, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, where Harrison right. Ford plays right. a sub-game German. just came out called U-Boat. <laughs> yes, where yeah. you're, it's like a management sim, though, where you're yeah. managing the crew of the, of it's, the U-Boat. It's really more about, yeah, like, the crew and what it does. Sounds, sounds like what it, what it would be called if Nintendo made a boat. <laughs> uh, did you guys ever play the Hunt for Red October video? Hell, the NES yeah. one? Wow, yeah, yes. I remember that. Yes, yes. Uh, my, my 30 2010 partner, Sarah, for some reason, that's like the only game she's ever played. Really? Wow. Really? Wow. Yeah, the Hunt for Red October, for wow. some reason. It made it into our house. Doesn't that huh. game? It's no. It has some memorable scene where you're like fighting a jet, or there's something really dumb that happens at one point in that game. It's like a little. It's like a mini mini game in the game. I'm trying mm-hmm. to zoom in on Sean Connery's sprite, and then he just speaks Japanese for the rest of the yes. game. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound about right. That's a really dumb reference, but I haven't seen the movie that many times. I, I mostly remember, like, so the Game Boy version of that uh, it was it was actually two-player. I think you could play it with a link cable. And one player was playing as uh, Ramius in the Red October, and the other player was playing as the Russian Navy. And oh. uh, I just remember the Nintendo Power thing had, like, this weird illustration of, like, some unrecognizable guy to, to stand in for the the Soviet Navy. And I think... Uh, it might have been like a weird portrait of Sam Neill. But... <laughs> mm. I'm remembering what was weird about this one because we talked about it on our Nintendo Accessory show. Mm. On the SNES, um, they had a Super Scope. It used the Super Scope accessory what? or c- oh. was compatible. And so they basically had first person segments where you're destroying projectiles and enemies coming in at you. Wow. So, yes. That's awesome. And I'm sure there's at least one side scrolling sub shooter that we're forgetting. Um, but whatever. Anyway, on that note, we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we'll talk about some new releases, some news, some other stuff. So stay tuned. Get scratching. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? 
then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. There will definitely be spoilers coming, and I got one of the greatest people ever to participate in a, a thought barrage on Endgame. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Baker. Wow, that's that's quite the intro. Greatest people ever. Um, Dude, but just you know. but I'm so I have so many questions about the Marvel universe. I've been texting with Brett. He asked me to relay some of his thoughts, but I just wanted to get the, get it out immediately because one, I, I didn't feel Endgame was coming. Again, I'll, we'll keep the spoilers light for the beginning, but you really shouldn't listen to this unless you've seen it. The promotional materials don't tell you a fucking thing about this movie. I love it. It's it's crazy. I've never seen a movie hold so like hold so many cards back in its promotional materials. And I wasn't truly excited about the movie because they weren't really showing us what the movie was. I think there are about there are over a hundred surprises in this thing that you will not see coming. Yeah, every few minutes and you know the 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 plot goes places that you know, even if you know the comics, there might be like things where you think something's going to happen because you know the comics and then it doesn't. Above all else, though, it's just a good movie right. that is, uh, you know, kind of the perfect way to cap this whole 11 year journey we've all been on. Right. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Is the world of today getting you down? Well, then why not check in on some of the good stuff that happened this week in movies, TV, games, and more 30, 20, and 10 years ago this very week with our show, 30, 20, 10. Here's a clip from 1999. Yes. Yes. April 23rd. Yes. Global holiday. Global holiday for technically the 30th anniversary of a little show called Baywatch, but Mm -hmm. in the form of a TV movie. Right. It was a pilot TV movie, so they knew they were starting out with a bang. With such a Sharknado title. David Hasselhoff, Parker Stevenson, Panic at Malibu Pier, Sunday. Wow. Yeah. You didn't say the Baywatch part of it, but it's in the logo. Yeah. That's so strange. And that would go on to be probably one of the oddest global phenomenons I've ever lived through. Yeah. I understand boy bands and action movies, but the whole world-loving Baywatch was very strange. I mean, I think it makes sense because it is so quintessentially American. And so, so quintessentially so California, like, like Star Trek, like ooh, look at this awesome pier, this beautiful well, yeah. beach, and it's yeah, it's muscles. And Wonder what tits their police look like. Beaches, <laughs> yeah, like why wouldn't Hot. the lifeguards be the hottest people yeah. in the world? No, everyone's knees knee is visible. It's strange. We're I love it. Fighting beach based crime. Let's go back to those shorty little swimsuits for men. No, oh, no, yeah. thank you. Yes, Mm-mm. above the knee. Or it's not for me. Mm-mm, I don't want anybody to see my Lost tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean they are about the TV show Lost, or they are lost under your body? Yeah. Hair? So no, it's no, it's all from the J.J. Abrams Lost. I got the smoke monster, Walt, polar bears, a bunch of stuff I didn't get dissolved. Jump into the past with thirty twenty ten every Thursday on LaserTimePodcast.com or iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome back to the final segment of our show, where we will waste absolutely no time in stumbling through words as I try to get through some sort of lame joke that prefaces this thing. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't hear what you said, Chris, but did you know that Devil May Cry 5 added a banana arm? It's true. It did. Yep. (laughs) And it... 
It was like on sale this weekend too. It was DLC. Yeah. It was like a dollar or something. I can't believe it's not just like a sponsored Chiquita banana thing. Right. Yeah. Well, that's probably what it was meant to be. You're right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now it's this generation's horse armor. Sure. <laughs> it's go. really not. <laughs> so yeah, a bunch of stuff. Well, not not really a bunch of stuff. Came no, out. a couple <laughs> things have come out. the The biggest release this week is probably Shakedown Hawaii, which is the sequel to Retro City Rampage. Oh, it's a sequel. Yes. I just thought it was it was a similar thing. I mean, I'm guessing studio. it's a sequel. It, it hasn't uh, overtly said that, but your character looks like an old version of the character you played in Retro City Rampage. Okay, okay. and you're like this uh, failed tycoon because uh, after publishing. Your 1983 bestseller, uh, My Corporation Runs Itself, I'm Going to Retire on the Beach, uh, it has run itself into the ground. And so mm. you have to go around and, like, I'm going to buy up this entire island. Has it lost a billion dollars over ten years? Oh, possibly. Possibly. <laughs> well, you're, you're when you start out, your your company has, like, $70,000 in the bank. And it's like, that's going to be wiped out after the next payroll. And, like... Not if I go buy up a bunch of real estate first. Oh boy! And and so yeah, like it's it's a satire. It's your character just kind of trying to buy his way into industries that he knows nothing about. You play as this old version of again what I'm assuming is the first game's hero. Uh, you play as his son, who's like this mohawked ne'er do well who just wants to play video games and uh, get in good with local gangs. Nice. Um, you play as. Uh, a couple of your employees very briefly during missions. Uh, yeah. These games sort of, their thing is they play off nostalgia a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of refer- A lot of references to 80s games, I'm assuming. In here. Yeah, and this one is a lot of references to relatively current games. Like, uh, you know, you're arguing with your son over uh, using the TV for video games. Like, but dad, it's a double XP weekend. It's oh, like, wow. what's double XP? <laughs> this this gamer thing is pure gold. And so, like, you, you own a, a beverage company. So you, like, pour all of the company's money into, like, we're going to get big on this uh, gamer cola trend. And how... How much does it cost to put a double XP in there? Can we do that? <laughs> Which, we'll call it Mountain Dew. Yes, Mountain Dew did that. <laughs> It'll never catch on. And of course, it's an immediate failure. I argue to this day, Co- yeah. Mountain Dew Code Red mm-hmm. is one of the best sodas ever made. I really love it. I don't know why. Fucking fight me. The only place I can find it, the dollar store in my town. Which is where it belongs. <laughs> no. How dare you? But Next it's God spoken like a spoken like a man in the high voltage pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Only closely followed by Baja Blast, the Taco right. Bell exclusive. Dude, Baja they, they, Blast. Sell, they sell that now in stores. They still, they, oh, they, they sell they it in still, stores. Okay, wow. But I do know for fast food, it's Taco Bell exclusive. But that has nothing. You can't, you can't to do get with the diet beer. version anywhere but Taco Bell because I'm worried about my health. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I need that blast, um, but I got diabetes. I need, I need that blast with my burrito inside a taco inside of a quesadilla. They should just call it the Beatus Baja Blast, the Beatus version. Yes. They should just come out with what they really wanted to come out with at Taco Bell and just call it the suicide. It's just a little bit of everything in a pile. I thought they called those nacho fries. <laughs> So anyway, Shakedown Hawaii. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's like a top-down 2D Grand Theft Auto. Uh, well, that's the thing is it it 
it almost is like a Grand Theft Auto Vice City. It's almost a reference there of, hey, our yeah, next version but is it's, in... it's more overtly a parody, and it's very silly. And if you played the first game, you might remember that looked like an NES or Game Boy Color game. Yeah. This looks like a Neo Geo game. Like really? the, the art style and the animation are very reminiscent of, like, Metal Slug specifically. Hmm. And, uh... So it costs $600 for the cartridge. <laughs> yes. I mean, I don't know. Look up limited run games. See if they're putting out physical editions of it. But uh, but yeah, and uh, you can make your character, like you're, you're told early on, like, oh, your hair is terrible because you just have like this horrible, like, old man comb over pompadour, which I, I feel like they have to be referencing Trump on some level with this character. I feel and, like you're just subtweeting me with that. Yeah, like, and so but then you, you go and... Uh, you get uh, you can get a new haircut, but it only changes your sprite on screen, like not not in cutscenes. It's like, oh, now you look great. Well, your sprite does anyway. Ah. That, that's what matters. I see. Yeah, yeah. Sprite, no Baja Blast. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that. But it's it's good. also it it's better about like directing you to missions than uh, Retro City Rampage mm-hmm. was. Whereas that was just like, okay, I have to look on the map for the big M, or I don't know, make my way there. There's always like a little arrow kind of signposting like here's where you need to go to start the next thing oh good so if you want to wander around you can do that if you want to just jump straight to uh action you can do that too cool yeah play plays very similarly to retro city Mm -hmm. rampage i think i think it feels a little bit better okay it's a little bit smoother um and yeah it's uh it's fun i recommend it based on what little i've played but yeah you you are just basically a dumb bully who's trying to uh buy and batter his way uh, into big business success. I see. So mm-hmm. speaking of fun, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if too many days have gone between when it released, but I, I got the copy uh, of Days Gone that, yeah. we, that we did. We got... Uh, Thank you, we got, we Tim got copies of. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. Tim. Uh, like what you said, Michael, it's very fun. I I don't understand a lot of the mixed reviews. I'm, I am a guy who loves State of Decay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also, of course, love The Last of Us, mm-hmm. and it's giving me vibes of a little bit of both of those games. If you if you like the whole scavenging element of those games mm-hmm. and kind of just going around and finding things and then combining them to make other cool things, um, and sneaking around zombie like creatures or fighting them, mm-hmm. it's got that in spades. And finding crafting recipes that let you combine a saw blade with a two by four to make a club that right a saw you can then four. repair as it degrades. Yeah, um, the only I had a couple tiny issues with it, mm-hmm. and I was telling you. So I did think it's a little weird. It's a first party title. There's like zero accessibility options in this game that mm-hmm. I could find. Uh, so yeah, visually with my colorblindness, there's a couple things that I'm like kind of straining to have to see, uh, versus I wish there was some option there to improve that. Hopefully that'll get patched in. And the other thing though, this is more to do with the game itself is like, I was talking to you about how I'm not huge on the Sons of Anarchy meets The Last of Us aesthetic, mm-hmm. where it's basically, I was telling you, I was like, they don't really come off as like real bikers to me. They come off like actors playing bikers. Yep. Like, and I was like, "Oh, I got bad news for you about video <laughs> games, man." <laughs> but like, when, and then my response was like, "Yes, but in RDR two, like, I felt like those were cowboys." Yeah, that's fair. That's also a, a top flight production, and I, I wonder this is a first party game. It's come yeah. on. It's, it's... And I, I may need to read the reviews a, a little bit more deeply. I did read them when they came out, but like. 
I, I, I kind of feel like, yeah, no, those complaints were valid, but I just feel a lot less strongly about them than yeah. you did. Well, for me, it was just like, it, it kind of took me out of even that opening scene where your wife is like, this is hurt and you're putting on mm-hmm. a helicopter. She just looks like suburban mom mm-hmm. who just happens to have tattoo sleeves. Mm. And then like your buddy in the game, instead of having hair, it just feels like he has tattoo head, like yep. Bam Bam Bigelow style because they needed to make him look like more of a biker mm-hmm. um i don't know like yeah so so that that stuff just feels like a little forced it doesn't affect gameplay at all though it's just right. it's just you know i mean yeah the the acting and story could be a bit better and i i i don't know how many hours into it i am probably at least dozens mm, wow. uh and i kind of feel like this like i'm waiting for th- or not really i'm not really waiting for the story to pick up but i'm realizing that it's like there's really kind of no overarching thing here there's not like a central bad guy to fight there isn't really a central goal i'm working toward i'm just focused on day-to-day survival it's like okay now this person needs my help okay now this person needs needs cheering up i'm gonna go find something to cheer them up or which oddly enough sort of becomes a problem with a lot of zombie or freakers as they're Mm -hmm. called this franchise like the walking dead they've had their big bads but they're not like it's not they're not culminating with with one final showdown with like this one bad guy or anything like that. They they do end up kind of I hate to say this for the Walking Dead, but meandering a bit, right? Yeah, it meanders. <laughs> uh, and and I mean the the enemies are like there is a, a I'm at the point where it's like all right, at some point we're going to have like some major confrontation with the Rippers, the weird cultists. Yeah. And I've also gotten to the point where I have enough firepower to take on the the freaker hordes that roam the map, mm-hmm. and uh, that is enormously fun uh if you if you go like okay i think i'm gonna need like this many grenades this many molotovs and then it's all about like strategizing and like how 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 many can i pull off from the pack without getting the whole pack after me and those that's the stuff that looks like world war z where it's just bodies coming at you like like Mm -hmm. a sea of bodies yeah it's just a swarm yeah of screaming zombies you know what I don't like in here is the I don't like fighting the newts. I feel really guilty. That is weird because they're basically like little kid zombies. I mean, that it, you have it kind of feels like the little kids in uh, Dead Space. Yeah, and they even like with the newts, like they they purposely try to avoid you and only attack you if you go on their turn. Mm-hmm. So you sort of have to provoke them, and yeah, it just it feels bad. To yeah, there them. there are a couple missions where they'll attack and you have to kill them and. I notice that the game calls them adolescents, even though they're clearly all about, clearly about like five <laughs> yeah. or six years Those old. Those are some underdeveloped adolescents. Yeah, yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, freakers, they develop slowly. Right. Yeah, sure, and sure. It's just, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's just a, a booming maturity. I just can't wait for like a Gary Coleman mod. Where they're all just going to be <laughs> tiny little Coleman's coming after you, postal style. And so, what you talking about? <laughs> some of the mission design is really just like. Here, drive halfway across the map from where you just were, and uh, th- there's one mission that's called like "I got to get back to work," and so it's like, all right, uh, drive out to this remote ass farm and talk to this guy there, and then you go up and talk to him. It's like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, eh, I got to get back to work. That's the Shut mission. Up. That's the Shut whole up. mission. No. Yes, yes, that's the whole mission. That's a great troll. <laughs> I mean. That is a lot of missions in video games is, you know, we, we use this, the, the term fetch quest generously. Mm-hmm. Most games, you're not even fetching yeah, to I bring mean, something back. I it's, mean, there there it is part of a, a larger story arc where it's like showing you how unhappy this character is becoming. Mm. But, uh, 
He's got to get back to work. Yeah, but he's depressed <laughs> about it. <laughs> so, so I, I've got a question for you guys since you you played this game, and and a lot of it makes me think about this other game, and and it was already mentioned RDR two, mm-hmm. Red Dead Redemption two. Would you rather play Days Gone, or would you rather play Red Dead Redemption two Undead Might Nightmare? Oh, mm. no question. RDR2. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I have a, a similar comparison, but uh, it just so happens I've, I've been playing a lot of Assassin's Creed Odyssey again uh, because the DLC is coming out and I wanted to get caught up and play through that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it is very, that is a stark contrast. And you talk about RDR2. Uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is an open, an open ass open world game that pretty much once you get past some intro missions is like here go sail the entire world if you want you might not be leveled for certain zones or you can but you can pretty much do anything you want in that game near the beginning um, whereas this is is an open world game but it takes a while to get truly open partially because of the whole motorcycle mechanic you're so reliant yeah. on the motorcycle and and like fuel plays into it big like you, yeah. you even fast traveling has a fuel cost associated right. with it and if you don't have yeah. a full tank you like you won't be able to get to certain places so so like whereas in odyssey you can sail anywhere or you can just fast travel somewhere and then you can like summon your ship if, if your ship's across the map mm-hmm. there's there's no penalty there so it is truly like a game that rewards just here experiment go play openly this is a playground have fun whereas um it is a tough co- it, it's tough to to go back and forth between those two games in a game that's like here do whatever you want to have to go back to days gone which is like no we're gonna restrict you a little bit more i, I understand they're very different games don't get me wrong mm-hmm. um but uh yeah i i think Maybe you're drawing that comparison, Cicero, because RDR2, um, it's clunky at times, right? Like it's sure. it's yes. it's very well crafted and artful, but in like the whole thing of it taking like a minute to mount your horse and stuff like that, mm. like that that kind of stuff, you know, that it turned a lot of people off. But all um, I can think about now is Red Dead Redemption 2, Undead Nightmare, and like Dutch going, Arthur, we gotta teach these zombies to dance so that we can right. save up enough money to go to Tahiti. That's not a bad Dutch, dude. That's <laughs> Arthur. You got your voice needed to crack a bit more. Right, Arthur, right. Arthur, we need to. If we can build a land bridge out of the zombies, we can go to Tahiti. Damn it, Dutch! I told you, leave me alone about Tahiti. Ah, <laughs> uh, Arthur. Once we're done with our weather bomb, a land bridge will form up between Alaska. No, I saw what happened to Agent Coulson with Tahiti. It was bullshit. Um, wow. I, I'm a fucking nerd. <laughs> Even agent, I didn't really Agents understand that reference. reference with RDR2. He goes to Tahiti? Wow. Uh, Project Tahiti is what brought him back to life. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, got it. <clears throat> I thought you were going to go an undead angle there, but okay. Nah. Um, but yeah, so... Days Gone, it's pretty fun so far. It definitely has its flaws. It it also has its share of weird bugs, but so far nothing game-breaking. Just like, you know, we've all seen that video of like the guy sneaking around in bushes <laughs> and all of a sudden uh, an entire freaker horde spawns around him. Yes. Uh, let me say, I'll put it this way. I'm going to give it the VGA Brett Elston Memorial It's Fine stamp of approval. <laughs> it's fine. Stamped, it's fine. Yeah. 
Uh, let's see. Also out this week, did you play, did you actually play Life is Strange 2? I have I'm just calling okay. out that there is another episode out there. I think I've told you before, I'm... At this point, I'm just waiting for all the episodes to come out so I can binge them at one right. time, Netflix style. That's probably the way to do it. Yeah. All right. Well, shall we move along to... Hot off the presses from a week ago, right after we recorded last week's episode, which happened, it's old news by the time you listened. Sure. Uh, that Sonic design that none of us were huge fans it's of. It's old news now. Uh, it, it is getting a redesign. So, mm-hmm. the internet hath spoken, and the Sonic gods, or at least the director of the upcoming movie, <clears throat> Jeff Fowler, listened and responded on Twitter... The message is loud and clear. You aren't happy with the design and you want changes. It's going to happen. Everyone at Paramount and Sega are fully committed to making this character the best he can be. They promise they will go fast to make the changes. Am I right? Uh, yeah, we all know how well that works. Uh. Well, that's that's the one thing is so everyone, when they heard this news, they were like, yay, the changes. And then this is what annoyed me. Many of these most vocal critics criticizing this design. I fucking hate it. Ah, this movie was going to be terrible. It's awful. The second he's like, okay, we heard you. We're going to change it. Oh, of course you are. You're going to overwork the animators to get it finished in time. I'm like, well, what did you expect? Like, you're sitting here demanding changes. Well, it- there is there is something in the middle, and that's yeah. a, that's a thing we call... Henry Cavill's Superman mustache. (laughs) (laughs) Where people were paid well, but with not enough time, and it looked terrible. And that's that's about how much time they have to change Sonic before the release date. Honestly, my suspicion, because that was such a quick response, is that this is not the Sonic they had originally planned That's to go with. the conspiracy that they, they had a, a design in the works that was much closer to the games, and through studio meddling, they, they or, or whatever process, they, yeah, they yeah. reached this current design. So I imagine they probably have that model and are just now digitally reinserting it into all these shots. Sure. But even if you do, it, there's still work to reinsert. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Even if absolutely. the character is the same yeah. height and everything, they got to make sure the eye lines match. Because mm-hmm. these, these actors are acting to basically placeholder. Like, it's, well, the eyes are going to be here's right Here's what here. you do. You, Sonic has one eye, and it always points in the same direction at all times, straight ahead. <laughs> it's the third eye. He's really looking inside himself. Just right one now. big eye. I'm telling you. <laughs> He's Mike. He's Mike from from Monsters, Inc. (laughs) (laughs) I worry about stuff like this when the internet collectively complains about a thing and then the creators of said thing bow down to the wants of the internet. Normally, I would say that is a dangerous trend. Uh, Slippery slope type argument. Without this. But in this case, I think the design was so egregious and we were all just so against it. It's like... Yeah, the internet was actually right. Mm-hmm. I just, I would hate for people to think like, yes, if I complain enough about the next Star Wars movie, surely they will listen to me and make all of these changes. And yeah, I don't know. That's I, I just worry when, when stuff like this happens. But in this case, I think we can all agree that Sonic design could use a few improvements. Yeah, I, if I didn't get it across last, I think, I bet the movie's perfectly fun. Oh, oh really? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. probably. You really want to go out on that limb? Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, you 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 may want you may want to get off of that hill. I've seen the, I've seen the internet lose its shit. Like, dude, the Angry Birds movie is totally fine. Sure, I watched the sure, whole internet the lose their shit over that. It's totally fine. Um, it's not it's not for me. I wouldn't recommend it to another human being or maybe a child. But this this movie is for children. But so here's here is the thing. Um, you know, I, I was on bonus time. I said some controversial things. I am a Republican. I am I am about to say something uh, very controversial. We right know now. you side with Robotnik. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, he he had some good ideas. There's some very fi- very fine people on both yes. sides. We uh, all know also. animal energy right. is the most efficient energy uh-huh. source. Yes. Yeah, renewable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they figured that out in the Matrix. We saw the Matrix. Thank you. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, so so here's here's the thing. People are fucking dumb. People are fucking dumb. Right, a spoken person, like a real Republican. <laughs> yeah, a, a person may be smart, but people are fucking I dumb. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes, and yes. and and so and think about think about this for a second. Now, the messaging may have been wrong, but the people were even more wrong. Mm. Uh, five years ago, uh, Microsoft came out. They announced the Xbox One. They talked about it being all digital. They talked about it always being online. They talked about all these things. And then, and then the way they positioned all of, all of that shit made everyone collectively lose their shit. The internet lost their shit, and they walked it back. Yep. And mm-hmm. and, and what and what we what we saw was because you know the big thing was oh we didn't want you know everyone wants to have physical discs and they do all the things and and I want to trade in my games and all that other shit. Now what we've seen though is the one store that you got physical games from is four years away from declaring bankruptcy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, you, we've we've said it on the show, and you're right, Cicero. The fu- they were predicting the future, and I think you right. nailed it. It's it's how they got that message across. Right. But basically everything right. they said their console was going to do is what the industry is it's three, right it, now. Yeah, I mean. it's, it's, it's completely how the industry uh, has trended, and what we lost out of that was game sharing. Mm-hmm. Which was, you know, that process yeah. that they were going to have that would have allowed us to share games with our friends um, digitally. That would have been fucking amazing. And here's another opportunity where where people collectively, because they're fucking idiots, are are talking about the wrong thing. Not that this Sonic movie is, which is going to be an absolute dumpster fire, <laughs> um, is 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 a bad idea. But oh, I don't like the way Sonic looks. Sonic looks too human. So that is going to be the problem and these guys react knee jerk reaction saying, "Oh yeah, hey, we have we you know, it, I mean it is digital. We've got another version that we can just put through all of the paces of this horrible horrible miscarriage of a film they could just slide a, a, a copy of sonic and knuckles into the projector exactly exactly um you know it, it's like they're gonna have like alternate behind the scenes shit like uh the clue theatrical versions oh wow you mean like eric stoltz and back to the future footage yes oh, yeah. yes yeah, here's uh, dumb so, dumb sonic right so it's like again the fact that people complained and and cared uh, you know in quotes enough 
to complain about a fucking Sonic the Hedgehog movie yeah. in 2019. I, I like I like your theory on the cluing it. I think this you're onto something. What they're going to do, they're going to have all like eight different cuts of the movie so that yes. anyone, when they come out of the movie, they'll be like, can you believe that fucking scene with it? And, and, and someone else will be like, what are you talking about? I, my movie had this. Everyone will think they Berenstein bared the fucking movie, that it won't actually yes. happen. It's an, it's a, The entire thing's a Mandela effect. That's listen. That is the only way they can get me to spend money. <laughs> not even not even Jim Carrey has you intrigued. Him no, playing Robotnik no, or Raptors? No, because I've seen Jim Carrey do that. Like I've watched Jim Carrey's entire career. He was that dude in Doctor Robotnik in uh, Earth Girls Are Easy. Like who? Oh, <laughs> all right, you're, you're lucky. I'm here to get that reference. Oh, wow. <laughs> Him and Damon Wayans. Wow. But, uh, yes, but, but, and Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, and Jeff Goldblum. Goldblum. But uh, but uh, I just think Jim Carrey's never played a weirdo villain before, other than Cable Guy, and that wasn't uh, weird. And the Grand Man Forever. Oh, that's oh, yeah. what am I the, thinking? Yeah, the Riddler. But that yeah, performance yeah. is awesome. Yes. Yeah. He, yes. yeah I, don't know. I would love to see him do it. That's the only good thing about Batman Forever. Yes. But it has been over twenty years mm. since he since he's pulled yes. that Jim Carrey out. Me myself and Irene. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Sure. What was it? Anyway, Hank. Man. So yeah, the internet got its way. Uh, we will see if Cicero's prediction comes true, or if Chris. I, I think comes the design true. sucked, and I think somewhere in there is probably a a savvy enough Sonic movie to be a C grade film. Oh. I, I do. I really. I really do. I. I. I don't know. Like. I. Th- I believe Sonic deserves a film, not that one necessarily. I get the strong sense that they're going to pull a House of the Dead with the ending, and it's like, the, oh, this is the prequel to the entire Sonic franchise because you see that shot of Jim Carrey actually looking like Robotnik That's with the right. big exactly bushy mustache. Exactly what they're going to do, and they're going to introduce every other. Vector the Alligator is going to be played by fucking Seth Rogen in the next yeah, next yeah, movie. Yeah, but, it, but Robotnik ah! is going to follow Sonic back to his home planet and have a vendetta against him. See, I always thought of like Rogen as more of a Big the Cat kind of guy. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, ha, I could yeah, be that. Ha. Yeah, it's a bad Seth Rogen. Story. That was a bad joke. You guys just went quiet on me there. Mm-hmm. Just fucking. Sorry, crickets. I was texting. I, I didn't. I, uh. I, I, I should have been there for your fat joke. <laughs> oh, how dare you! Seth Rogen is skinnier than me at this point. So yeah, and I'm, I'm tired of hearing it personally. The fatter I get, the more I look like that guy. Meanwhile, he slimmed down and looks better than me. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Um, at least you don't get compared to Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> uh, you? Do you? No, I, you I, th- there was a, a an Uber driver actually once who was dropping me off at the airport, and as he was dropping me off, it's like, oh, you know who you look like, Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> and I think I actually said that's not actually a compliment. And oddly enough, he <laughs> dropped you off between two ferns at the uh-huh, airport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell me, tell me, you gave him two stars. Uh, <laughs> two? Not- Why two? Go one. <laughs> I'm sure he thought it was a compliment. <laughs> right. Uh, right, employees. Well, they didn't riot, but they walked out earlier this week. That uh, I never thought about how silly that was until you just said it. But that's interesting. I like I like to see the riot employees misbehaving. <laughs> in, a, in, in, a, in a moral and positive way. Yes. They're yes. protesting by not rioting. Right. Yes. And so what, what they did, they walked out in peaceful protest of some company policies Riot had where... Um, and I think a lot of companies do this where you basically when you when you go to work there, you sign a form saying you agree to settle things like sexual harassment claims uh, in arbitration, which is you basically have instead of going taking things to court and being able to sue, 
uh, you have a, a, a neutral mediator uh, just kind of get in a room with people where you basically have someone who's like not a judge just agree to hear out both sides of the story and and agree to on what's going to happen if there's a settlement or not right that and and so it's not great because um well it's not always great in that you don't get to go to have you know the the full court of law with with juries and things like this it, it, it you don't have proper due process as i guess what i'm saying when you do this and um so a lot of companies in recent years, namely Google, it might be the most notorious, has actually backed away from that policy. And they've agreed, yes, we're not going to enforce arbitration clauses. We're going to you know, let people take things to court if they need to. Um, and that's really what the employees are asking here. Um, so Riot has gone on record with the employees saying, hey, we're working on it. Uh, we're, we're evaluating changing this policy. But we just like the things that are currently happening out there because if you guys will recall – there have been some recent stories about harassment claims from some pretty high up uh, uh, management people at Riot. So there's still stuff that's sort of in the works. They're like, we'd like all that stuff to continue because the proceedings have already started in arbitration. And the employees said, you know, it just doesn't feel like enough. Uh, we don't feel like we're being heard kind of quickly and things aren't being acted on. And they they walked out. Um, I didn't really get the story, though. I think they went back the next day. It was just like a one-day thing, right? Right, but they were about to enact... Like I don't know, company, company changing policy in a negative direction, mm. mm-hmm. and uh, and, and uh, people collectively letting their company know that's not cool. I don't know. It's a really, it's a really a walkout. Sometimes is a really good way to to have your voice heard like that. Because even one day of people walking away from their post can be can cost a company that size a tremendous amount of money. It's a lot of productivity lost. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, to their credit, and you know, hopefully they'll live up to their word. Riot has gone on record saying no one's going to to be reprimanded or there won't be any repercussions for the for anyone who did participate or who didn't participate in the walkout. I think it totaled um, 150 plus people did the walkout, so so it was a significant chunk of that staff. Yeah, and 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 be honest, like you know, League of Legends is like two years left. Like maintain it the best you can. You can't lose a day here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. I have. I honestly have no idea either. I just wanted to get a mild take out there. Where's the fucking air horn? <laughs> we gotta get one. We really do. Firm, 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 firm. Thank you. God, if Cicero wasn't here, I'd get nothing. Right. So uh, the employees of Riot are called rioters. So, <laughs> so the rioters uh, walked out today. That is. That is this an oxymoronic statement if I've ever right, heard one. Right, they, but they didn't yeah. quite riot. Um, no, they didn't. It, this is part of sort of a, a, a much larger story that, to be honest, I really don't want to get into yet, uh, on this show right now. But it's 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 heavy shit. We've heard it, and yeah. um, we probably have opinions on it. But it's it's so not fun given the articles written from the perspectives of some of Riot's employees. Well, I'm, I'm even saying um, it's just part of larger stories we've heard about other studios. We talked about. Uh, last year, late last year, the Rockstar stuff with you know the, the crunch culture and how how developers are being affected. Uh, there was a story that U.S. Gamer published about um, NetherRealm and uh, and how kind of the, their their work culture and how basically uh, they were hiring a lot of contractors uh, instead of kind of hiring permanent employees. And Ed Boon has always gone out there, you know, very proud of the fact that he hasn't ever had to lay people off. And they're like, well, that's because he just hires contractors. You don't lay off contractors. The contract mm-hmm. expires. And, and so there was this whole kind of expose they wrote about uh, this is how, I think the, the title of the article was like, this is how they get away with it or something like that. So it's part of this larger discussion that uh, keeps coming up 
uh, it seems more frequently lately about what's going on in the games industry as a whole. Is is the way we do business and the way we make games actually healthy and sustainable? Uh, and and lots of talk of things like unionization. Um, but what's interesting to me is the games industry and game productions. They are more similar to like movie and TV productions than you think, and right, unionization yeah. and, and like things like guilds have always Has been for Hollywood forever. Yeah, they've they've been a part of Hollywood forever. But I will tell you this: uh, the way you get hired to do jobs in Hollywood is much different than the games industry. You're not usually a salaried employee. Like you don't work for Fox, True. right? It, you, right? You're usually just a contractor on a project that right. you kind of go from thing to thing, and so right. It makes me wonder, like, when we talk about unionization in games, like, well, how would that actually affect how people well, get hired and employment I mean, and stuff? I, I think that in a lot of cases, there are a lot of contract positions. There are also a lot of full-time positions. And I know that a lot of contractors, speaking from experience, uh, will hang in there uh, for as long as they can to try and get a full-time and position. That, that was part of the story about NetherRealm. They, they were saying they were staying on and dealing with lots of crunch. They were just saying, though... It was all in the hopes of getting a, a permanent position, of which there were not many. Those were very few and far between because they don't lay off people and people tend not to leave. And so mm -hmm. uh, it was one of those things where they kind of felt like they were, at least the way this story described it, they felt like they were working under false pretenses. There was another interesting story that came out about Netherrealm, which you might have seen, which was the talking about... Uh, post-traumatic stress disorder from working on Mortal Kombat 11. Oh, I, yeah, oh, I did what? see that. Yeah, that... Um, I didn't see that. It, talking about that, like, a lot of the artists and uh, animators who had to work on the, the fatalities had to go through a lot of very vivid real-life research imagine. material to get everything oh, exactly right. And it seems to have left a bunch of them, like... They said, like, the there's a quote in there. It's, it's a Kotaku article uh, that says... Uh, like this, the scary point was when uh, a new person would come on and eventually get used to it, just become numb to it. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, we, that's what this week's laser time is about. How <laughs> Mortal Kombat was this? Well, I believe I called it the most controversial children's product I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then it created a spawn of of I can't say me too's anymore, but a bunch. A bunch of uh, fat. It spawned a fad of violence. Mm -hmm. Also rans, yeah, a lot and, of also and, the, rans. and also rans. And then that all disappeared. And it's the only game in town, and it, it's the only game that does that. But it can only do that by upping the ante every year. And yeah, yeah, me and a couple of guys were over here the other night, just laughing our heads off. But like, this is still strange. Well, it's also, and that's the thing is, it, it's always been satire. It, it's it's yeah. been it's making fun of ultra violence, but it doesn't change the fact that they satire still satire so much as it's over the top. It may be parody, parody, but, yeah. Parody. But it's it's but it doesn't change the fact that you're still having to model a man hitting another man's head through his asshole mm -hmm. with a hammer. Like that that is a real finisher in Mortal Kombat 11. You hit a guy's head through his ass. Yep. Uh, and you got to model that. And yes, it's funny and we all kind of snicker when we see it. But yeah, if you would have to like look up research photos of like here's what an actual decapitation looks like, I wouldn't oh, want to do that shit. Mm -hmm. oh, or like here's what someone yeah, actually looks like one. when they're hanged or right. Yeah, no right. thank you. No yeah. thank you. So yeah. I yeah, I can see how that would be tough on people. So can I. So can I. So can I. I think it'd be really weird, but I think that's that's the games industry from people like Ed Boone and the Hauser's perspective changing so drastically of a, of a, of a ragtag group of like-minded friends where everybody knows each other's name to a team of hundreds. 
and contractors. And I, I love I do love the conversations. I love people giving a fuck about people being overworked. I love that so much. But games are still even when they're commodified and sold and pre-sold, they're still at the end of the day an artistic product, and those tend to take shape <laughs> at the very end of the process. Yes. And, yes. And, and and that's that's how it differs from from movies. I mean, even though there's a lot of post production on movies, like most every time you read one of these articles, it's like, we didn't do anything for months, and then the game had to take shape and like, well, there's a bunch of ideas you throw around. You figure out what you can do with your engine. You figure out what you have to pull back on, right. what you can and can't promise. Like, that's how the process works. Well, some some of it is mismanagement. Some of it is, like, no, no, occasionally like, people... I think the whole thing is mismanagement because it try, it's trying to make a state-run business with, like, predictable aspects of art that you that are inherently unpredictable. Yeah. Art and technology. Right. So again, I'm not I'm not scolding anyone for for championing the workers. That's fucking rad. Keep doing that. But I don't I don't know where the the, the medium is because like uh, a game you can plan that goes amazingly well for 11 months of development, probably not a very innovative or I don't know game worth talking about. Y'all be haters. Don't hate my game. Oh, man. Yes. <laughs> it's it's also games are these weird deck of cards where. You can have one snafu that can delay a project for several months. Just like one totally. thing you thought would be easy that you can't figure out. And so sometimes that's not mismanagement. It's just like, fuck, we did not foresee this. I'm saying I'm glad I don't work in games because there's a ton of misery that comes out of like confusion and overpromising. But right. like overpromising is like how things, not only how money gets made, but how what people get hyped for. Mm. Well, you know, I mean, the thing is, this is for for uh, for people that really don't understand it. It is just tech, right? It it is it's computer programming. It's it's IT mixed with art, though. That is what right Chris is mixed saying. mixed like, with it's, art, it's right? Crazy. With in, in an artistic endeavor, um, and and I, you know, I work for a a Fortune fifty company uh, during the day, and um, I work for their website. And and there is lots of uh, there are lots of different pieces of software that are that are going around, and there are a lot of moving parts, and those things break constantly, mm-hmm. constantly. Yeah. And and the difference between if like if my company's products were a game, and we were able to like the the amount of uh, things that happen over the course of a just a given day were broadcast to to the internet um yeah the, the company would fall well that's 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 a great point Cicero is like games are unique in that like movies they have release dates right. no one has a fucking release date of like when coke's new version of coke's coming out the coke only knows that and they just they you know it just kind of is there one day in the stores and then you might see an ad campaign whereas games it's like People, game fans follow the development of games and they know when a thing's coming and like missing a date with the game right. is a real possibility and a real thing. Same with movies. Um, well, movies, movies less so. Like when, when the movie gets a release date, uh, that movie has been complete for months, mm, lots of mm-hmm, times, mm-hmm. you know, 90% of the time. Movies are complete. And in fact, it's more likely that when a movie gets pushed, from one one release date to another, that movie is has already long been completed, kind of, yeah. um, or at least principal yeah. photography, or at least principal. Right, right. But the big difference yeah. there is 
yeah. you don't have you're not sitting on burn rate with movies because a lot of the we talked about a lot of those people are like contractors they they move right. on to another project mm-hmm. whereas with games right. you can't necessarily have a game sitting on a shelf for months you got to do something with that dev team they right. got to be well, working on the next you know, thing and that's and that is why I like the the Nether Realm uh model that Ed Boon has you know Ed Boon still you're talking about like Ed, the friends like oh you know it's a small ragtag group of people that Ed you know Ed knows everybody's names he still does with yeah, with his employees well, that's what Mortal Kombat with, with, with started his, as four people right, and some actors right. who are super yeah. enthusiastic yeah now you're in you're in Chicago do you know any of those guys Cicero? I I know I I'm a couple of degrees removed from from some of those guys be, through uh, the Galloping Ghost um, arcade. Uh, which is an amazing arcade, one the world's largest arcade. Oh, cool! Uh, yeah, here in the Chicagoland area, definitely. If you come to Chicagoland and you're an arcade player, you have to go see Doc at the Galloping Ghost. Nice, uh, arcade. nice. And I didn't get paid to say that, but anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, like the 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 contract model is not a bad one because if you are in the games industry and you understand the industry a lot you know that what happens is that they a company will hire a bunch of a studio will hire a bunch of guys when they're building a bigger game and then once that game is complete you know if if it doesn't sell like gangbusters immediately and they work you know they start working on uh, additions to that project or working on the next project then a a double digit percentage of those people are going to going to be let go and right. they're going to have to uproot their lives and do all these other things. So like why not make them contractors? Why, you know, why why not like it makes for a better story than it makes for a better story than dozens of layoffs. Right, yeah. right, exactly. Like it, it you know, pardon the the the, the pun but they like prostitutes. You know, you don't you don't pay a prostitute to have sex with you. You pay them to leave. And if you're a contractor, you, you, you kind of understand. You understand who you that. are. That's amazing. Wow. You know? Oh. So, so like, so, I mean, why not do that? And, and why not follow the Hollywood model and just kind of be honest with what's going on? And the hope is definitely, like, you, you're there. You work really hard. You try to, you know, you show a little leg to Ed Boone. And hopefully he learns your name. And and then when there's time to say, oh, like, well, maybe there's a spot. Somebody's retiring. Someone's leaving, whatever. You may be able to get that spot. Mm. And that means that you and your family don't have to move from Chicago to San Antonio for the next contract or to Memphis or to North Carolina or wherever it is. So but you but you understand that going in. And that's, you know, it's part of the deal. I see. But do you, but do you remember you like all those all those Kotaku articles? And again, I, I like that they're exposing how the industry works. It's like, uh, then they made us work with a dice engine, and we didn't really know how to use that, and right. it didn't really work for some things, and we had to cut stuff. And it's it's like these employees are all imagining a magic person who knows what's going to work in, in an engine they've never used. Right. That doesn't exist. Right. And, right. and so that's how you end up encountering these things. Like, it is kind of, I don't want to say it's part of the industry, because I'd like to see it change too, but like... It's art or it isn't. It, like it's it's sorry. It's a mesh of art and technology, and like yeah, you do right. have to kind of throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. And so there's a lot of inactivity while you see what's compatible or not, and shit kind of scrambles at the end. Crunch. I don't working having worked. In the, I don't know how to avoid, avoid crunch because like that's just the nature of what it is. I'm not right. saying I'd, I wouldn't like to see it go away. Right. right. No, I think I think you're right. There's there's and sometimes I feel like 
with those articles, uh, the response is there's like this assumed competence that isn't always there. Like, oh, well, yeah, surely that's not real. <laughs> and then there's this assumed like malfeasance on behalf of companies like how they are intentionally being mean and rude to employees. And it's like, come on, guys, it's not it's not that I, I, I'll, you know? I'll say there is totally a bit of that. There's I've been involved in things where people don't know what to do and sit on their hands and make crunch worse. That does happen. Sure. But yeah, yeah. but it, it, it is also part and parcel with the idea of like shooting for the moon yeah. uh, using tech you don't know of and things you don't know will work. And right. you don't know until you try. And and then when you make a giant corporate thing out of it and, and make a bunch of promises to people and then break them, it does become a weird thing. Yeah. Uh, you can't really democratize business with this many fucking people and this many livelihoods at stake. That's what the Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat worked and Mario Kart worked because it's just like sixteen people who get like a bonus if their game works well. Yeah. And- <laughs> well, I think I think what I was trying to get at is like there's sometimes people imply like oh these companies have this like bad intentions with thing like they they are approaching things in bad faith and really what I'm saying is usually it's more just incompetence like they just have high hopes <laughs> and they don't do it the way they should and and it fucks up. Uh, I think Telltale is a great example of this like. They had every intention. They wanted to keep that company running. And granted, they were not honest with employees about how much kind of runway they had before they had to shut down and stuff. And ultimately... They tripled down on what they thought they could do well. And then the audience got tired of what they were doing and didn't know what to do. Right. That's what happens. And and they and there were some things where they basically had a lot of brinksmanship going on, uh, where they right. were just right, right on the verge of always shutting down, mm-hmm. and they would have just like, oh, this mm-hmm. one thing came through that saved us, right. versus just right. knowing when to kind of call it a day and be like hey we, we shouldn't right. keep doing right. this this yeah, isn't I, fair to I have to yeah, keep reiterating ne- never ever stop complaining about workers being mistreated overworked underpaid 100%. laid off unfairly yeah. right. I, it's 100%. not what i'm saying at all no 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 uh, none just, of us are saying this i, I you know like what i said i, I don't want to get too much into it because i don't have any solutions i'm not i'm not sitting here at the table coming right that's the thing i've worked at, at, at several layers of this and i don't know what the solution is because right. this happens every time yeah right. yeah and and if there was a if there was a magic person who could solve it We'd have a model, and we don't. Right. Yeah, and that, and the thing again, like the thing that I want to reiterate, as a tech person, not in the games industry, uh, by by you know, by day, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this it is it is not unique to the games industry. The only difference is that it gets publicized because the product that is released yep. is. Is this very public thing? I'm glad you said that because I was wondering the same thing. I'm like, is this is this just every industry in the United States right now, and we don't talk about it, or is this really? It's it's a hundred percent IT. It's it's a hundred percent tech for the most part, right. and games tech, are still yeah, a yeah. part of tech. Uh, however, you don't hear about it as much in the tech industry because there are so much, and this is probably the difference that needs to be acknowledged that those people are well compensated they get a a much yes. bigger piece of the slice of the pie should shit go well they have much better severance packages well uh, not there, always. there's a much better revenue share there was whereas, just one of those robot companies that just closed down like two weeks ago that that basically gave everyone one week severance it was just out of the blue I forget yeah, their name it was it was it was some of this it was like a robot toy company that they they were just gone they were like okay we're we're, we're shutting that Yes. Uh, Wow, they really did alter that timeline. (laughs) (laughs) I I can't hold this forever. (laughs) I guess it was inevitable, but I didn't think it ended in bankruptcy. I didn't know we had audio of the last board meeting. Wow, that is uncanny. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Wow. 
Well, I guess what we're saying is making games is hard. Uh, let's everyone be kind to each other. Let's everyone just treat everyone with respect because it's tough out there. And yeah, never, never start, you know, never stop fighting for people's rights. But yeah, be kind to each other. And Microsoft is here saying the same thing with its players. Microsoft has revised their community standards uh, yes. and telling people, please just be nicer and kinder to each other. Um, but the fun thing about this, so they, they released some new community standards and it's mostly common sense stuff, right? It's like, hey, uh, don't play pirated games. Uh, hey, don't don't try to don't don't put dick pics as your profile pics. Something, right? But the fun part is when they talk but about how will people know what my dick looks like, <laughs> Matt? Or someone else? I'm not going to wait for them like to ask. It. The world must know, <laughs> right? But if if you're going to ask, all Microsoft asks is that you do it respectfully, Chris. Uh, in a little segment that I like to call. Be more, Be more like, like Harry, Harry, not Dick. Dick. So we're going to play a little game, because Microsoft released a samples of sample trash talk. We, you know, we, we understand you can be competitive on Xbox Live, but we want you to do it in a nice, respectful way. So playing the part of Harry, the nice, respectful boy, we'll have Michael and Cicero huh. will be telling us, here's how you should behave. And playing the part of evil dick <laughs> is Chris, because Chris is a dick. Uh, and so Chris... What we'll do is Chris is going to tell you the bad way to talk trash on Xbox Live, and then Michael and Cicero will tell us the better way how Harry would do it. So, Chris, are you ready to be a dick? Almost. Hold on. I'm sending a text. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm, yeah. Step one. I'm ready. Accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. So, Dick would say. Get your ass eaten by a gopher. Can't believe you thought you were on my level. <laughs> Bad dick. But Harry would say... Get destroyed. Can't believe you thought you were on my level. Oh, that's so much nicer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? But I think, Michael, you did have a question. What if you said it was a nice reference to, to sex? Get right? intercoursed in the posterior. <laughs> Can't believe you thought you were on my level. <laughs> I hope your derriere becomes someone else's lunch. He was going to. <laughs> Millennials love it. So then, here's another example of something the evil dick would say. Hey, diarrhea tard, that was some serious potato aim. Get wrecked, trash. <laughs> what the fuck is potato aim? <laughs> it's really bad if dick is saying it. Did you come up with these or did Microsoft? This is Microsoft. Good I didn't Lord. Just these up. They came aim. up with diarrhea tard too. I really don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to go to the cross for that one. <laughs> well, what about what would Harry say instead, Cicero? That was uh, a, a very. Uh, explosive uh, bathroom break that I had taken <laughs> with your potato uh, bad shooting. Uh, you're not good. <laughs> well, that is so much more polite. You're right. It's still with the potato aim, though. Like, how dare yeah. you? Ah. Well, what about this? So, dig. What would you say to someone that won and you were being a bad sport? You were being a dick. Only reason you went positive is because you spent all game camping. Die in a fire, kid. Ooh. Ooh. Don't be a dick. What would Harry say in that situation? Only reason you went positive was you spent all game camping, old boy. Try again, <laughs> kid. Perhaps glamping. 
<laughs> Be more like Harry, not Dick. Now, Dick, what's another thing you would say if someone beats you on un- what you thought was unfairly? Cheap win, totally expected from a gleep clap. Oh, yeah, no, I went Rick shit. and Morty for, for a racial Chris, slur. I have told you to stop using language like that, which I will add the beeps to later. Stop. But that is oh, that is what really? Dick would say. What would Harry say? Cheap win. Come at me when you can actually drive without running cars off the road. This is really what they recommend. This is, this is their recommended trash mm. talk. And finally, what kind of trash talk does Dick say online? You suck. Get out of my country. Is this what they wrote? This is what they wrote. I did not write any of these. All right. I, this is from Microsoft, not me. You suck. Get out of my country. Maybe they'll let you back in when you're... Kill death ratios over one. <laughs> like, I, why did I have to fucking read that? Because <laughs> you're a dick. What would Harry say instead, Michael? That sucked. Not you suck. That sucked. <laughs> Get good and then come back when your KD's over one. I see. So, uh, so the I never encountered this sucked. while playing Kingdom Hearts. By the way, I don't understand. <laughs> What any of this trash talk is like. Oh, boy. And that has been our segment of Don't Don't Be a Dick. Wow, that was terrible. I'm so glad no one can fire me, Matt. Thanks for giving me that role. (laughs) Jesus. I yeah, so I didn't write any of those. That is all Microsoft's suggestion of how to properly talk. I mean, there trash. was some improvisation there on our part. I'll admit I didn't necessarily hit the mark with that segment. My my, I had potato aim, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, good old potato. Aim. I swung for the fences, <laughs> and that's and you hit a potato. I think we can all agree. I you didn't suck. That sucked. That sucked. (laughs) (laughs) And that is all the news that is fit to play. Speaking of communities treating each other nicely, Ah, yes. Well, let's get into the community segment, which as always is what? Segmenting Segmenting our community. community. Uh, Speaking of our community, I just want to give the shout out to Potato Aimbot Master. (laughs) I I don't know what that means still. Potato Aim. Potato Aim. Jesus. I just want to know. That's like right up there with Harsh Realm for like, what the fuck is this? What are you trying to say? So my... Michael, I mean, you were in meetings at work where you were asked to write certain things. I just am picturing the meeting where someone is sitting down with someone at Xbox's community team and saying, all right, we need you to write the sample trash talk of what's bad to say and what's good to say. And you know there were several meetings about this mm-hmm. topic. Uh, and yeah, this is what they came up with. Potato aim. Potato aim. Potato aim. <laughs> By Jove, old man, I do say. Which, which I believe is, is deep down a deep slur against the Irish. <laughs> <laughs> I feel offended, Matt. <laughs> oh, yes. That's yeah, true. Well, <sighs> yeah, that, that get out of my country was really go back to Ireland. <laughs> well, and send me tickets because it oh. sounds beautiful. <laughs> Xbox Live, notoriously racist against the Irish. We all know this. Yes. Oh, God. I didn't realize that uh, to make politically correctly clop, it was to actually drive without running cars off the road. I didn't realize that that's what that means. Wow. You act like I'm not going to bleep you saying that, too, Cicero. Are you really going to bleep what I... Oh, God. All right. You have to clarify, because I'm not answering any fucking tweets. I did it, too, so it must be okay, right? That's right. You gave me a pass on all that shit I said about the Gleek Lops and the Irish. 
All right. Uh, last oh. week's question of the week was, what's a game you love in spite of reviews or conventional wisdom saying it sucks? Uh, Cicero, you weren't here last week. Is there... I wasn't. Do you do you have an answer to that question? Well, it's, it's funny you should ask. Uh, I wasn't prepared for this. I absolutely do. Yeah? So uh, this uh, th- the answer to this question is twofold. Okay. Um, one is uh, Sunset Overdrive, as we talked oh. about Insomniac Games. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, so I think that critically, the game, the game was well-received. And I think history will, will, um, will like it better like it will history will will regard it better as the game that was the proof of concept for the amazing spider-man okay um you know and uh, i can't disagree with the traversal in that game yeah 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 um but the real answer is uh microsoft first party for the xbox one and it is quantum break oh shit yeah. The experimental well, game that was supposed to tie in with the TV right. series that got canceled. Yeah. and Right. Well, yeah. I mean, it didn't get canceled. It was in the game. Yeah. It was in the game. It, the game starring yeah. Iceman. Yeah. You'd, yeah. Uh, you'd play yeah. for a while, and then you'd uh, go through a an episode of the TV show. Right. 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 But it was right. supposed to be like this, this show that Lance had its own Reddick. life, right? Yeah. Right. Lance yeah. Lance Reddick was in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From, from uh, Horizon from, Zero Dawn. Well, yes. Are we talking? Horizon I took Zero my headphones Dawn off for a second, and everyone's and talking about French. Millennium. Uh, we're talking about right. Quantum Break. Quantum, quantum Break. <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> Which is, I think, I believe it's still available through Game Pass right now. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. It's available f- through Game Pass. Um, I, I, th- I thought that game, like, you know, they they had those uh, really incredible videos at the, you know, the reveal event and at E3. That showed the promise of something great. It didn't live up to that. Um, but I thought that the, the game mechanics were great, and and that the for a television show that was inside a game that no one played, uh, that show was actually pretty good. Like it was, it was sci-fi level good. Oh, you said Lance yeah. Reddick. I heard Lance Hendrickson. My Millennium uh, reference was okay. awful. Oh, I was thinking, yes. like, wait, was he in Millennium? No. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, I, I thought, I thought the, I thought the game was 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 pretty damn good, and I thought the show that went along with it was also pretty damn good, and it and it also had different uh, things that would happen in the show based on what you did or didn't do in the game. Yeah, which you would never notice unless you did it twice. <laughs> right, that is true. That part is true. Yeah. Uh, well, first to respond on VigigameApocalypse.com is Laser Time Rules, who says, hey. It might be Stockholm Syndrome with the recently released trailer for the movie, but I actually enjoyed slash like Sonic 06. It has problems and the story is utterly moronic, but I thought the gameplay was solid enough. Little did I know it'd get worse from there. Shadow the Hedgehog, Sonic Unleashed. Anyone? He might. He might be right. Just because, like, that game was panned for its like load times and a bunch of other technical stuff that you could fix, but it still sucked. And oh. but did you see that? Like, what do we know as old people? There's now a fan remake of that game Ugh. that seeks to fix. I'm not kidding. You, I, did you see that trailer? No. Yeah, there is there is a fan remake of uh oh, wait, in no, like Unreal Engine of Sonic 06. 
So I probably played that more recently than anyone, having played it in 2014. It is mind-bogglingly terrible. Like, I didn't know a Sonic game could be this bad. Because it, well, it starts you off with this really lame, slow, like, RPG thing where you're just walking slowly around a town and talking to people and, like, trying to get a pair of shoes so that you can go fast. And then, like, you do enough favors for someone and then they let you into the first fucking level that you get to play through as Sonic and then you immediately go off track. Which, how could this happen in a Sonic game? And then you get to play as Silver, and the first thing he does is fall through the world? Uh, it's not It's not great, is what I'm saying. I get it. I get it. Mm. Am I hitting you over the head with that enough? <laughs> no, no, I think it's important to remind the children that what they like sucks. I, I never miss a chance to do it with Space Jam. Uh, so. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, hey, buddy, you got to slow your car down and let me in, says the Splatterhouse remake from 2010. I don't understand why that game flew under the radar. I was reviewing games at the time, and I was one of the rare scores of 8 out of 10. The graphics were great, especially the cutscenes. The story was great, and the voice acting, mwah. Josh Keaton as Rick and Jim Cummings as The Mask. It's cool to hear Negaduck drop the F word. Uh, there were stages that were throwbacks to the original Splatterhouse games, and it even came with the original trilogy. You didn't have to buy DLC. It came with the game. It had everything. The game, sadly, uh, spoilers, ended on a cliffhanger, and it will never, ever make a return. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did not hate that game, but I never played all the way through just a bunch of appointments. Yeah, but, like, same. I-, I was super excited about, like, it-, it is one of the few horror franchises we have left in a world dominated by pretty much just Resident Evil. Yeah, I, th- I think the the main that game's main problem was uh, the protagonist looks like he was going to a Limp Biscuit concert with his <laughs> <laughs> fat Jinko jorts. Right. Chill. He was, Chill. <laughs> he was a recovering juggalo. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> but it yeah. it looked like it had some really cool ideas, like the fact that you would get torn apart and regenerate constantly. Like that was really neat. And uh, yeah. yeah, everyone loves Josh Keaton. He's Batman Beyond. He he was Larry Lovage in Box Office Bust, uh, which, by the way, we this week on thirty twenty ten celebrates its tenth tenth anniversary. Wow! Yeah. Oh, come on! You're the only person I know who's like played the majority of that game. Oh wait, thirty twenty. I thought you were saying thirty twenty ten celebrates its. No, no, Larry, Larry uh, oh, yeah. Box Office Bust. That's, oh, that's, that's the fucking weirdo GTA one. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was awful. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's, it was. It had its good points, but it was awful. It is the oddest thing I've ever seen a company push all its chips on. Like, if, you, if you've ever wanted to hear Dave Attell clumsily uh, sleepwalk his way through a role, that's, it's great. And Jeffrey oh, Tambor. I just fucked a goldfish. Uh, <laughs> ah, son. That's a bad Dave Attell, but you mm-hmm. get <laughs> And um, what's, what's his name, the guy who plays Brock Sampson? Patrick Warburton. Patrick Warburton. He's in it. Welcome to Soren. Mm-hmm. Bunch of people, <laughs> and and yeah, that was the other thing about Days Gone. Is like, does Deacon St. John sound like he's doing a weird Patrick Warburton impression half the time? I don't know what you're talking about. I'm gonna go smash this motherfucker's head in. I'm gonna talk about everything I do. He Fair might. Enough. I just watched a video of Brock Sampson kicking someone's ass with his own ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good scene. Ghost of Sargasso. Yep. Really good episode. You're trying to install a garbage disposal in a shower? <laughs> <laughs> what brand is he asking? Was he? Uh, what is that? Uh, 
whatever. Anyway. <laughs> High five. <laughs> uh, um, uh, yeah. Wait, wait. Did I read the last one? Uh, no, no. no uh, I read the last uh, one. Uh, Hyper Viper eighty nine says the Mega Man Legends games. It's it seems they're pretty divisive among fans, but they're pretty solid games with a lot of charm. Uh, P.S. Nineties video game movies might not be great, but at least they put enough effort into being uh, being creative. Uh, the Sonic movie just looks like a rehashing of the Bayformers formula. Ah, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I guess so. Let's let's meet a real human who will be the heart of our story. You, <laughs> I don't know. Are, are Mega Man Legends games really that d- d- divisive? They like, they were reviewed horribly at the time, were and they? I think I think there is a part of them that is legit horrible. But I played through all of them because I like Mega Man, mm-hmm. uh, and and nothing and and. In this day and age, nothing else. They're really weird in a pleasant way uh, that's not good, but charming. And, uh, yeah, I can understand why people, if you grew up playing them, why you'd love them. I I played through all of them in a single sitting, Hmm. including three. Ask me more. I think the fact that we haven't seen any recently is probably an indicator of what the sales reception was like for those. Hmm. Did you really want to bring that up in the comments again? Like, <laughs> I mean, there are other reasons, but we can't get into them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ask Wheel says uh, from Twitter, such a great question of the week. I'm going to have to p- go with uh, Romancing Saga Minstrel Song from PS2. An amazing PC-style JRPG with an amazing amount of depth that reviewers didn't seem to get. Had a great soundtrack and visuals looked that looked like an SNES game pulled into 3D. I don't actually uh, remember that game. Yeah, I don't either. remember that game either. So I, mean, I guess uh, we... Romancing we're Saga was always kind of way below my radar. <laughs> yeah. Way below your game's radar, am I right? Yeah. Uh, hey. Uh, 99 Heal Potions says, I feel Hyrule Warriors is a game that the world mocks, but I love. It's the first single-player game that makes me feel there's too much content. Yes, it's repetitive, but sometimes I just like to mindlessly play something. Yeah, I'm all for mindlessly playing something. I I remember this is one of the first real heat I got from VGA. But I'm just not used to Zelda being ugly, janky, and frame rate droppy. It just was the most unpolished thing I'd seen with Zelda in it since the CDI. Hmm. It doesn't typically happen with those Musou games either. Like normally, they kind of they can run what they're doing pretty decently. So, yeah, well, those character models were completely different from yeah, you know, that's true from the ones. That, I'm sure it's something ones, in the remake, same aesthetic, right? And uh, did it get re-released on Switch? I'm dying to try it there. I think it because they've announced it and yeah, it's coming on yeah. Switch. Well, that that game, uh, I think deserves a little bit of heat for the way that they reveal the hero. It's like, we've got to find the legendary hero. Who could it be? Uh, how about that guy fighting down in the courtyard with the green hat? Oh, oh yeah, it's him. <laughs> it's him. Yeah. It's him. <laughs> Prophecy has foretold. Uh-huh. It's, Some guy will show up with a green hat. It's Nate with the green hat. Hello, yeah. Nate. Uh, uh, yes, Zelda 2, the adventure of Nate. <laughs> Nate. <laughs> that little kid with a Zelda hat. Gavin from Kids in the Hall. Gavin. Right. <laughs> Gavin. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy you all got that. Re- I'm so happy. <laughs> Jesus. From the official Laser Time Facebook community, Zachary Ian Walton says, Magus. 
an awful game on PS3 that somehow got through every failsafe designed to prevent it from being released, but it's still somehow some of the most fun I've had playing a game. You are an angry bald man who just shoots green, red, or blue magic balls at dumb enemies over the course of five levels, including two DLC levels, which I proudly purchased. It's sort of like a 3D Pocky and Rocky with no charm or pizzazz. It's one of the worst games ever made, but goddamn, it's so much fun. Also, it has one of the funniest armor items in any game called Helm of the Dragon that just gives our bald protagonist yellow super cyan hair. Nice. Super cyan hair. That, that, won't, that won't get us messages. Is it cyan? Um, it's cyan, <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys, a by the way, be... I don't like anime. Fuck me. I don't care. Oh, no. Matt, Matt meant hella blue. That's what, that's what he... Yeah, super cyan hair. Yes. Um, Whatever. At me. I don't give a shit. At me at Matty C. Allen on Twitter. Come at me, <laughs> motherfuckers. SpongeBob SquarePants is also still bad. What? Fuck off. Are you crazy? Chris no. Now. I just have good don't... taste. Don't destroy the world right now. That's not what you need to do. Whatever. Uh, uh, you know, his power is at 9,000 right now. Oh, my goodness. By the way, right Superman could fucking kick the Dragon Ball dude's ass. Yeah, it's, I said it. it. It's appropriate that you say that because the next answer is from Chris Baker who says, yeah, yeah. I run Superhero.VG, a YouTube channel all about superhero video games. Enough said. Yeah. <laughs> Bad games and people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking Goku. Yes. Superman could beat Goku. All right? Let's, yes. let's get that straight. Or Thanos, mm-hmm. apparent, according to some memes right well, now. Well, because the thing is, Superman would just whip his ass while he's sitting there for 40 minutes powering up, just shouting and having his hair glow on yeah. fire or whatever the fuck happened. <laughs> and you know who kicks Superman's ass? Neo inside the DC Matrix. Thank right. you. I'm done. Right. They're all owned by Warner Brothers. We'll find out eventually, I'm sure. Oh, God. Connor Wade says <laughs> a question of the week. Bioshock Infinite. I never understood why people say it sucks. I never got enjoyment from the second Bioshock game to begin with, uh, but Infinite is a breath of fresh air to me. Wonderful characters and set design. Uh, sure, taking the centrist approach to political war is shitty, but I can look past that entirely. Fuck, people today are snobs. Yes, because being a centrist is the worst thing about Bioshock. Yeah, I don't think that's <laughs> what like, it is, Connor. Jesus Christ. I think it's Connor, what you like, called out. The game has wonderful set design and 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 you know, atmosphere and things like that. It's just and aspirations when, that it tells you about in the beginning of the game that right. you don't legitimately use and you fight the same three things over right. and over again. It's when it becomes the shooter is when it falls apart for, I think, a right. lot of Everything people. in between where you see the twins and, like, fun stuff, that's all good. Yeah. But the majority of the game sucks and is bad. It has no sense of tension at all. Yeah, the only story complaints that I heard were people saying, like, well, I really wish I could have, like, nonviolent ways to resolve these conflicts. Like, do you really? Are you paying attention to the story? Like, you're a horrible person <laughs> fighting horrible people. Mm-hmm. Like, the only common ground you guys have is that you're all fucking horrible. I think that is your perfect example of what Crunch looks like in game form. They mm-hmm. The first level is riddled with things you should be doing and should be stopping and should be seeing, and it all goes away. Yeah, to just become a boring shooter. I mean, all that being said, I actually do agree with you, Connor. I I, th- I didn't dislike Bioshock Infinite as much as I sort of either. the discourse has I got, evolved. I got about frustrated that game. and bored like uh, very quickly. Yeah, but you have like you get frustrated and bored all the time. I know. I'm frustrated and bored right now with my fucking back. <laughs> ready to get rid of that shit. Make that the question of the week. What's the part of my body I'd remove? My back. <laughs> you kind of need that. 
Nah, I don't need it anymore. I can probably suck my own dick without it. Just an inhibitor <laughs> at this point. <laughs> but if you could remove your own dick, you could just suck it any time yeah, as well. That's true. That's true. Get yourself a I could just po- pose it a bunch of Freddie Mercury shots and just, just put it in my own mouth. I woke up this morning with a bad hangover, and my penis was missing again. This happens all the time. You see. King Missile reference. Yes, it's yes. detachable. Mm-hmm. I like it. Uh, so, Jason Cromer says, question of the week. Chris used to have a thing on the Laser Time YouTube called The Shit Show. Really? Yeah. Where they would stream shitty games. While most things he played were pure shit, he played a few NES and SNES games that, while not perfect, I disagree with him about. Mm. When I was an awkward teenage nerd, I became low-key obsessed with Star Trek The Next Generation, and then the SNES game... Let me live out being on the Enterprise. The space battles were rough, but I never liked that part of the show either. Mm. The away missions were great in an action RPG way, and you could choose all the main cast in addition to a bunch of red shirts that were development team that were the development team for the game. Also, Chris played Monster Party, which is a decent <laughs> platformer with the rare occurrence uh, of, S- of NES gore and lots of weird surreal shit. The maze level sucks, but the rest is cool. Now, Jason is absolutely correct there. A lot of the stuff that was on the shit show was timely or relevant or license based on based on something that was new that was coming out, and it was a way to discuss, you know, like Star Trek, for instance, Monster Party we played during Halloween. Hmm. But in it, to his discredit, isn't the story that like uh, didn't didn't Star Trek sue Interplay for making their game shitty? Or was it the other way around? <laughs> I do not remember any of that. Do you not remember that? Like, uh, like, like, so the people who bought the Star Star Trek license were sued, or vice versa, uh, by the idea that somebody was making shitty content. Therefore, how could the games be good? Or how could we? You're making shitty content based on our games. There was a lawsuit that resulted as a result of bad games based mm-hmm. on Star Trek mm-hmm. during the Deep Space Nine and, and TNG ser- uh, period. I'm surprised it wasn't during the. Uh... Scott Bakula Interplay. Series. Interplay was involved, let uh, me just yeah. say. Okay. Okay. Well, we also have a video response from Mike Amari. Hello, Laser Time crew. Mike Amari here answering the question of the week. The question of the week, of course, was which game do you love that pretty much everyone recognizes is terrible or awful or everyone pretty much gives hate that you think isn't deserved or even if you think it's deserved, you still love? Uh, for me, there really is only one answer to that question. Despite liking a lot of games that might some might consider bad, for me, it all comes down to Conquer's Bad Fur Day for the N64. Uh, even in its day when it first came out, despite all the hype surrounding a mature N64 Nintendo game, everyone recognized that it was pretty terrible. No. And the thing is, I can't really talk to the quality of the game. I mean, sure, the platform probably is a bit clunky and the visuals are probably muddy as all hell, even though the Xbox Live version that came on the original Xbox did really, really pretty that up. For me, though, I have a hard time really distinguishing the quality of the game because I loved the game because of what was happening when I got it. See, back in 2001, when I got the game, I received it as a late birthday gift uh, for my 20th birthday um, on the same day that would be the day that my father would pass away. During that day, I would wind up staying behind to make uh, to field phone calls uh, from the people who had heard the news before Facebook and really, you know, everyone keeping in contact 24-7. So while my family went out to make arrangements and plans after my father passed away after a long battle with colon cancer, I was sitting at home fielding calls from people around the country trying to find out what had happened, 
what the what the arrangements were, things like that. And so during that time, I spent most of my time playing Conker's Bed for a Day kind of in between all of this. It was my way of taking my mind off of what had happened. Um, it was one of those things where even during that whole long weekend, because it was a Friday, it was a good Friday to be exact, Friday the 13th too, kind of ironic that, um, that my father passed away on. And my sisters, we would spend the time in between going to the wake and spending time with relatives we hadn't seen for a while and talking about who we'd lost. We'd spend the time sitting and I would play the game while they watched. And really it was the perfect game to take our mind off of what was going on around us because, honestly, it had the type of really stupid humor, the really sort of basement-dwelling bathroom humor that my father absolutely loved. That was a weird thing. <laughs> my dad was a guy who was the most educated person I'd ever met. Uh, he was, you know, college-educated, worked in uh, scientific laboratories. But man, oh, man, did he love dick and fart jokes. My God, he absolutely nice. loved anything that was crass humor. And this was right up his alley. So as we were kind of making our way through our grief, this game was just kind of the perfect send-off for us to kind of forget our troubles. Um, to this day, one of my enduring memories... Uh, that I, I will take with me forever was f- beating that game the night before his funeral and then putting the controller down and going to sit at my computer to write his eulogy. And so for that reason, I will always love Conker's Bad Fur Day. I own it in every format it's ever been owned in. Um, it was the only reason, more or less, I picked up the Rare Collection, the Rare Replay Collection, which is a great collection, but that was really the only reason I bought it. I, I own it on backwards compatibility on the Xbox One. I own the original hard copy version on the original Xbox it's just something that I will always have a soft spot for, no matter how terrible people recognize that it is. Um, thank you for joining me again this week, guys. I look forward to talking with you again next week. That was nuts. Holy shit. Uh, Holy I am shit. just imagining the dick and fart and swear word laced eulogy he wrote after playing that game. <laughs> uh, well, one, Conker's is the opposite of a terrible game. Yeah, it's I just that it, hung, it, it hung its hat on humor and cutscenes. Mm-hmm. And the pacing is horrendous to get through now. Oh yeah, no, yeah. it has aged it, it terribly. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it's very bad in retrospect, but in two thousand, when you're doing it was stuff, amazing. when you're playing, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. And and and, and uh, what I also think is, I could not stop like envisioning a silent image of his father in heaven with a wrapped copy of Banjo Tooie, like just yelling at Peter to like let him back down. Don't let it not like this. <laughs> not let me this one thing. Let me Oh man. Listen, oh man, shout out to you Mike. I actually was uh I'm technically savvy enough to to have synced synced up the the uh the video with with the commentary here, oh so nice! You know, listen to it, yeah. So uh, and watch the graphics. Uh, well done. One, two. Yes, you guys had the the dream scenario. It was preordained that you guys uh, received that game uh, because you had the perfect scenario in which to play that game and and really enjoy the irreverence in quotes of of that <laughs> that dumpster fire of a game it was it was like it was the n64 you know like it was prototypical n64 game yeah uh but with bad cameras and all that other shit and they just made dick dick and fart jokes it was, yeah it was yeah. The, like I, I just boiling it down to someone i was talking to the other day that it's just like this time we're like you know what would make gameplay better 
things that aren't gameplay. Right. And they were wrong. <laughs> and we graduated past all that. Yeah. All those dick and fart jokes and not one farting dick. Right. Yeah, right. right. What no. is wrong with the I, world? On the sequel, they had a poop monster. Yes. That that was the original. Oh, that was the original. Okay, yeah. there was no yeah. sequel. Okay, let me. Let me it's a standalone. That's right. That's right. Oh, what, yeah. no, it was the Xbox one. They're just. It was a remake. No, it was, it was just the. But it had it different levels. It had some new stuff, didn't it? I mean, they it had it new added, multiplayer levels. Yeah, it had multiplayer, and then it censored uh, things that had been uncensored in the original. Oh, so the Great Mighty right. Pooh song was censored. He didn't say shit anymore. It was bleeped out. Oh. I still don't know what the fucking legitimate answer is to that. Hmm. Yeah, it, it makes no sense. It's like we're we're putting it on a system that's known for edginess, but we're gonna censor the fuck out of it. We're we're gonna take the biggest risk Nintendo ever did on a right. s- system that has a ton of cursing contemporaries and then censor the fuck out of it. Mm. Well, as I threatened to do earlier in the show, I'm not actually gonna do. Sometimes it's funnier to bleep stuff that isn't dirty, guys. That's true. It's <laughs> true. It is. Um, so, new question of the week. Uh, in keeping with our theme, what is the most stressful water level? You can remember Ugh. having experienced. For me, this is very easy. It is that fucking damn level in the original NES Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. That is thirty years old this week. Fuck that oh. seaweed. Fuck it all to hell. Did, did I did, did I tell you about that, Michael? Like that that's that was like a fucking show. That game isn't perfect. Oh, but that's that level an is a showstopper. <laughs> that level's a showstopper. And when yeah. I saw a speedrunner do it, did I tell you how he did it? It's the easiest advice I've ever seen. How? Take damage. Yeah, but then you run through all your turtles. Not if you go fast. Like, ah. like every every time you try and like precisely go through one of those fucking seat like electric seaweed cliffs, you're taking like blocks of damage. If you just ran through it once, you'll take like half a block. Hmm. You know and who, like I, I'd never seen it. It took me thirty years to learn how to play that level. You know who <laughs> else doesn't take damage when he goes fast, Chris? What's that? Oh, oh, who's that? He takes damage when he goes fast. Can you go fast? <laughs> who's that? Usain Bolt? <laughs> <laughs> like, um, I don't know. What were we talking about earlier? But yeah, that, that's seaweed level. <laughs> Holy shit. 30 years old. Ugh, wow. Okay. Is Damn. that also your choice then, Chris? That same level? No. 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 I mean, like, I'm trying to... Uh, I'm trying to get it to a specific Tomb Raider... Oh, yeah, I think yeah. a lot of people would say Tomb Raider two. Yeah, because because Tomb Raider two is like almost an almost entirely underground and in water and poorly lit and bad textures, and you go you run into areas where it's like a fucking maze. And I remember trying to be careful, like I'll go halfway here, see if I survive, and like, but now I'm lost. I'm lost in like less than one minute in this horribly designed game. <laughs> Yeah, but well, isn't this, isn't there like one level that's just like you're riding on a submarine and it crashes and then you have to like frantically swim to yeah. safety while you're being surrounded by fucking sharks? Yeah, it, it, I think it still has the most horrific death sequence just because Laura is not super powered and human and you just watch a human being drown, wriggle, and then fucking shrink and crumple. <laughs> I mean, Sonic drowning is one thing. He falls off screen. This is this is just a woman dying in front of you. <laughs> a death that could have been prevented by better game design. And uh, I, but the Tomb Raider sticks out for me because like um, even even when Laura was on like the grid system, water was terrible. Oh yeah, it was it was so terrible. It was so hard to navigate. Just the worst. Someone else. Uh, yeah, I was. You know, I wasn't gonna say Tomb Raider before, but I remember. Sitting at a friend's house, 
and the PlayStation, and we're all over there trying to figure out ways to get through those fucking underground portions of those of those uh, tombs. Uh, it uh, they were really fucking bad. Mm-hmm. But for me, I man, you know, uh, f- fuck fuck Subnautica in the ass because that <laughs> game is terrifying. <laughs> oh, come game. on. That whole game, man, get the, get it out of here. It really is stressful. <laughs> yeah, get it out of here. I was, you know, I was talking about this before, man. My my life is stressful enough. I don't play the Souls like games. I can understand, like you know, more power to you if you do it. But you know, I don't I don't need my the thing that I love pissing me off. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I got I got divorced from that. <laughs> wow, I, I love the Souls games, but I I I think water levels achieve uh something only dreams do where like i need to get the fuck out of here or punch this person and then you move like you're stuck in maple syrup yeah and and it it feels like a dream where you're just absolutely helpless and you have to move slower than you ever have before in order to escape something very dire and there's just that constant feeling of a timer ticking down with the oxygen yeah uh, which relates so so i i i came in here with one specific thing in mind that a recent game reminded me of so sonic mania Reminded me of the fucking awful Sonic water levels, which I got confirmed by an article by uh, called "The Absolute Worst Water Levels," written by Brett Elston on uh, Games Radar. Yes. Where yes, he talks all about. So I remember uh, him going through the water temple in Zelda. Yes, just to research that, that. That's on the list. Um, but he talks specifically, and I think he nails why the water levels in Sonic fucking suck. So this is a series all about running from left to right as fast as possible and doing cool shit and doing loop-de-loops and going fast. And then everything comes to a screeching halt when you have to fucking go in these terrible water levels where you're forced to frantically, but like Chris said, like you're moving through molasses or maple syrup, try to find the next part of the ground spewing bubbles that will refill your oxygen temporarily uh, while you usually have to wait for the water to rise or fall so that you can make certain jumps and it's super sluggish and a pain in the ass and does not feel like Sonic and is fucking awful. And yeah, Sonic water levels can suck a dick. <laughs> this is true. This is true. I don't know if I mentioned that in a while, yes. but I say that like how I almost drowned. No, like yeah. I mean, in real life. Yeah, yeah, and that's why it, it does, like, water stuff does stress me out. Uh, yeah, I, I, I saw something. I was working at a camp counselor, Camp Indian Springs. Um, please don't at me. I didn't name it. Um, and and I, I saw, there was a time where people were throwing, uh, the counselors were throwing Cokes down at the bottom. I saw something shiny. I'm like, oh, shit, I'll swim down. That's probably a, a Coke from yesterday. Uh, and I just normally pressurized my ears, and I was a really good swimmer. I wasn't a smoker yet. And um, my eardrum caved in about 20 feet underwater inside of a cave. And and they say your ears, your equilibrium. So just everything started spinning. And I was desperately swimming in a direction, but I couldn't see because, like, it felt like I was in a a dryer uh, because everything was moving in a circle. And I, I, I remember just making it to I was I was at the edge of the spring, but I made it to the middle Got up on a dock uh, and just been breathing heavily, and of course my fellow ca- like junior counselors kicked me in the stomach. Ha ha, bitch! Like no, 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 no! no. no I'm I almost dead. Almost um, I almost yeah. died here, and I still can't see straight, and my ear bled for two and a half weeks. Ugh, and oh, uh, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big, big water person, but yeah, like it, ru- it ruined. I can't scuba dive ever. Uh, I can't. Oh, shit. I, I can't swim down 
past eight feet, I can I have to snorkel uh, wherever I go instead wow. of, instead of swimming down deep. And I really took a lot of marine classes as a kid, and I, I, I miss it a lot. Wow, so the camp but, counselors were ignoring you. My my you know my least favorite part of that story, Chris, is where you popped up at the end and grabbed the girl in the boat. She was just trying I, to, <laughs> to escape. Fuck! I wish I would have been dead and could have been Jason. <laughs> I, I don't know life. why you wore that hockey mask. It did nothing <laughs> for your I'll, I'll trade everything I did at the Black Church tonight to be Jason. Right. <laughs> oh, God, I I actually I also have a Hallelujah. weird drowning story. Oh no! <laughs> that I was probably like four years old and we were visiting my grandparents and they had a pool out back and at some point. I uh, wandered into it and and fell in and like fell into the deep end, like and, fully clothed. Yeah, oh, and I it. remember having the experience of like walking across the bottom of the pool, looking up at the surface of the water, and being able to breathe. And I walked Whoa. into the shallows, and all of a sudden, my dad jumped in and grabbed me and pulled me out, and then I started coughing and spluttering. Oh, jeez! So that means you were just sucking in you were water. Breathing yeah. Water. Oh, yeah, but it, it felt like I was just breathing. Or you were saved by an angel. <laughs> no, oh! it was my dad. <laughs> He's an angel. Yeah. Let's be yeah. honest. Yeah. That's true sure, angel. Esteban sure Raparez. Right. You were you kissed by face. a mermaid, and then you later <laughs> yes. met her. In my granddad's right. pool, and when then I were... saw heaven. Heaven <laughs> yes. is real. Right. And... <laughs> but no, we were from a mermaid in his grandfather's dude. pool that oh, looked like his dad. The mermaid was Daryl Hannah. I never saw Exactly. You never saw Splash? I never did. That's the beginning of Splash. I always forget about it. He falls off a boat as a kid and gets saved by a little girl mermaid, and they later meet. Uh-huh. Yeah. I've only seen Splash 2. I don't know what you're talking about. What? Oh, yes. I've read the mad satire several times. As did we all. Wow. You really should see that movie. It is quite good. Sure. Uh, wasn't that a wasn't that a cannon joint? Or am I thinking? No, I'm thinking of mannequin. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so sort of the same premise. So, uh, what's the most stressful water level you can remember? Let us know. Go to vidgamapocalypse.com. Answer under the comments for episode 315. Alternately, you can go to the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread you can answer there, or you can hit us up on Twitter. At VG Apocalypse. So that's been our show. Let's go out with some plugs. Cicero, thank you for sticking around so late. Again, yeah. where can people hear you on a regular basis? Uh, so on a regular basis, you can catch me on Discovery Debrief, wherever your favorite podcatcher is, at DSC Debrief. Uh, also, make sure you check out the Spawn on Me podcast uh, every Thursday on twitch.tv slash Spawn on Me. Uh, and at uh, 8 p.m. Pacific, and uh, you do the rest of the time zones for yourself. Uh, and uh, patreon.com slash spawn on me, donate as little as, uh, as a dollar a month. Uh, you guys know how to do it. Uh, also, uh, I want to plug uh, another thing that I do, which is play uh, live D&D, tabletop D&D, oh, uh, with oh, really? uh, rival- Rivals of Waterdeep. I will be at uh, next uh, next weekend. I don't know when this is coming out, but next weekend, uh, the 17th through the 19th uh, in L.A. with uh, Wizards of the Coast at D&D Live, The Descent. Oh, shit. Wow. Uh, That's right. And That's uh, yeah, so so check out uh, Rivals uh, on Twitter ri- at, at Rivals Waterdeep, and uh, you'll find out your schedule so where you can see when we're playing. Very fun. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. And Thank you, guys. Chris, I know you're, you're raring to go. <laughs> Not so much. Uh, <laughs> but I'm, talk, I'm, ta- but I'm talking to uh, 
Yeah, Patreon.com slash laser time is how we live, how we survive, uh, how, how people have kept us going for a, a, about five years now to the day. Uh, thank you so much, everyone. And um, in order to reward our patrons, we have uh, over 100 full-length movie commentaries. And guess what? Within the next two weeks, I believe we will be doing the Monday Night Movie again. We can all watch movies together. Yeah. Uh, that should be a ton of fun. Wow. And you'll, and you'll get a, comment, a video and audio commentary for your troubles for the $5 level in addition to all our back our archive commentaries. Because Diana gave me this spoiler. Um, uh, Mrs. Michael Raparez. Mm-hmm. On 30 2010, in two weeks, I believe Phantom Menace is happening. And oh. I don't know how I get out of watching that movie again, but I would like to. <laughs> you don't. But You don't. You got to uh, suffer. We have done commentaries for every Star Wars movie that isn't The Last Jedi or Caravan of Courage. Uh, and, and you can get those at lasertime.bandcamp or all of them just by becoming a patron at the $5 level. And we do a bonus show every week. This week, Matt, uh, a, a little weirdo. That nobody liked, named Matty Allen. Second time he's introduced me that way when plugging this. There's a little weirdo that nobody likes. (laughs) Little weirdo that nobody liked, Matty Allen. He he joins us. No, Matt and I uh, really go off on Disney shit. Hell yeah, we do. Unapologetically. I I curse at the fans. I tell them to fuck off if they don't want to hear it. Because we talk a lot about Disneyland parks, which is great. Yes. (laughs) And about the upcoming Star Wars land. And then there is a snippet of uh, our thoughts on some Game of Thrones stuff with the Aarons. Because they're... For the first time ever, I have to hold back an episode, and I don't know when I'm going to be able to release it, and I can't tell you why, but I'd like to. And if I do, it'll be bonus time. That'll be where I tell it to you. Sorry for the tease, but that's also why you can figure out why I was speaking at a, at a church uh, earlier today. <laughs> oh, there are so many reasons you should be speaking at a church, Chris. <laughs> no, I, I, there's, there's only one, and I found out what it was. Oh, man. I just... <laughs> well, in addition to, yes, please go to patreon.com slash laser time where you can hear this week's bonus time where I talk all about my trip to Disney, which is why I wasn't here a few weeks ago. Um, the other shows that that helps support include 302010, our weekly pop culture oh, uh, t- time Machine, looking back 30, 20, and 10 years ago, and Chris mentioned Star Trek. Uh, actually, a recent episode of 302010 talks all about the J.J. Abrams Star Trek, not a reboot, alternate reimagining, I guess, if you will, of Star yeah, Trek. where Captain Kirk goes up against Lens Flare. But in Laser Time this week is all about uh, Mortal Kombat's controversies. Mm. It's not just the controversy you're thinking of. The fact that as of like six years ago, Mortal Kombat is is cited in a bill to ban video games, and everyone's like, "Everybody loves Mortal Kombat." Yeah. Like it's just it's just so bizarre. My how, grandma like, long... plays Mortal Kombat. Yeah. It's, it's like the last three years, Mortal Kombat has not been an international controversy, and that up until then, every single year, it's blamed for deaths, it's blamed for murders, f- specifically. Jack Thompson, it was his baby before he found Grand Theft Auto. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's it's quite insane, and uh, and I, I we have congressional hearings, we have presidents speaking the words Mortal Kombat. It doesn't make any sense, and it's very very surreal. Uh, the, how controversial this game this game that came out that like most people are just having a good time with. Mm. So listen to that, and then go to Twitter and follow me at Matty C. Allen and tell me about how my bad uh, anime opinions are and my bad uh, SpongeBob opinions are. Mm-hmm. That, that one's particularly bad. <laughs> yeah, they are pretty bad. <laughs> and then go follow. I understand us if at you've VGFR. never seen Dragon Ball, but you have, you've probably seen SpongeBob, and you're just wrong about it. No, <laughs> really not. 
It's unbelievable. I can't accept this. I'm leaving the show. Over SpongeBob. (laughs) Totally willing to die on this hill. It's totally fine. No. No, it's beyond fine. It's the best. (laughs) Well, as always, as Matt just said, you can follow us on Twitter at VGApocalypse or me personally at Wikiparas. That's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. I'm three beers in, and we haven't even done the top five yet, so we should probably get rolling. (laughs) I I blame slash love Cicero. This is my plan all along. I just want to get Michael really entertained. I'm taking over the show. He's going to pass out. It's going to take slightly more than that. Not much, (laughs) but slightly. Four beers. I'll take four beers. Four beers, and I'm done. All right.